Welcome to another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. It's official, Chiefs Kingdom. The Kansas City Chiefs are your new world champions after defeating the San Francisco 49ers at Super Bowl 54 in Miami. In celebration of the big victory and for today's season finale, the Cali Chief has put together an all-star team for the Red Friday Roundtable, ready to send us off into the summer with style. But first, let's start things off with Andy Reid addressing the crowd at this week's Victory Parade. All right. We're going to back up just a little bit, fellas. We're going to back up just a little bit because you've wanted it, and now you're going to get it. Because those early days of January 2013, seven teams wanted Andrew Walter Reed. And I'll never forget the call I got from Mark Donovan saying, he's coming. And I'm thinking, everything's going to change for the better. And that's when he told the folks coming with him, pack your bags, we're going to Kansas City, and we're going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for future Hall of Fame coach, Andy Reid. Hey, hey, Kansas City, baby. We love you. How about a hand for these guys right here, huh? Hey, let's give them one, a little bit of that. How about the Chiefs on three? One, two, three. How about those Chiefs? Hey, hey. All right, so listen, we appreciate everything that you did for us. The support's been phenomenal, this parade. It's second to none, man. It's the best in the NFL right here. You should be proud of yourselves. So listen, one more thing is next year we're coming right back here. One more time, baby. One more time. Hi, Mitch. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. champion Chiefs Kingdom. How are we today? I have made it a rule that for the next year, at least, we'll revisit this rule after the next Super Bowl, but for at least one year, when I come across fellow Kansas City Chief fans, everyone's nickname is Champ. <laughs> hey, Champ. What's up, Champ? <laughs> if there's a group of five people, you're all Champ. Just be ready for that. Look who I'm looking in the eye. You'll know who I'm talking to. But we're all champ for at least a year. 
as Steve Young <laughs> once <brilliant>. put it. <laughs> Steve Young once put it. We finally got over the hump. We finally won it. We went through a lot of stuff, and it got dark. There were some dark times. Like Patrick said, his knee was on the side of his leg, and we did it. We did it, and they nobody can ever, ever take that away, ever. So as we listen to the pundits and the naysayers for the next couple of weeks, because people are going to pick this game apart and say, this is why we didn't win, and this is why San Fran blew it, and this is why this and that and the other thing. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. The score is in the books. The trophy has been handed out. The parade has been completed. And your Kansas City champs. Sorry, I got to get used to that. I no, that works. The cheese, <laughs> Kansas City champs. Let's just change the team name right now. Kansas City. <laughs> welcome to the Arrowhead, home of the Kansas City champs. Your Kansas City Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champions. For the first time in mine and many people's lives, including my first guest, I'm going to talk to Ryan Tracy here from RGR Football and Locked On Chiefs. How are you, sir? Need I ask? You know, I'm uh, I'm tired. I'll say that, and I'm sorry I <laughs> talked over your intro there. I was I was no, a little no, it's giddy. Great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a long time. I I have been following this team since 1992 mm-hmm. when I got into town. I did a short internship with the team in 1999. Right. And uh, have been kind of hooked ever since. So I'm really pleased for the whole organization. They're an easy team to root for. They've got a yeah. lot of likable characters around this franchise. One of the best compliments I I heard right after the game, talking to a number of different friends, a number of different friends who root for different teams. They said, you know what I see happening for your team right now, Danilo? They said, I've been listening to you doing your Cali Chief thing on – on the Chiefs wire talking for the last almost two years, just saying how people have to get ready for this. This is this is a changing of the franchise. This is ground moving head coach to the quarterback all the way down. They're getting this team right and they're setting it up for a big run. And people have to get used to winning a bunch. And he said, maybe so much so as they become the next dynasty ally of the Patriots. But the thing I see happening is you guys becoming the likable Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots that people don't hate, that people don't suspect of wrongdoing all the time. You're never going to get the moniker Evil Empire no matter how many times you win the championship. You just have a likable franchise. And I said, you know what? I kind of dig that. That's a good That's a good little analogy. It completely is. And, you know, I don't think that the Patriots started out that way either. You know, when they no. first got there. I think it was, I mean, Bill Belichick's an acquired taste in terms of personality when he has one. Right. So that's, right. that's tough to get there. And uh, no offense, if I was going to pick somebody's life to live between the, the profession and the family life, um, Tom Brady's a guy that you can get really tired of seeing be so happy. It's pretty, I mean, he's had a pretty good, pretty good go at this thing we call life from the family. I, that's what astonishes me. I'm like, it's, I mean, when are you going to hang it up and just enjoy that? next phase i know how hard it is to quit i didn't get paid a dime to play football when i played and it's hard to walk away from you just because you know deep down inside your soul you know once i hang these up i'm never playing again right i'm not going to be playing like if i play a game of flag or something it's never going to be the same it's not that guys hitting guys going through that together you know 
getting to practice on Wednesday or whatever, and you're bruised up and your ribs are sore, and you go, yeah, but that was that. Remember that tackle? <laughs> or that was that goal line when I ran over that linebacker and his buddy speared me, but we scored. And it's like all those little war wounds. You're just never going to have that camaraderie again. I haven't fallen down in violence in over a decade and a half. So no, let's I, knock I, I would probably break something. If I, if I fell down, <laughs> now, I'd probably break something. And I used to be, I could throw myself at the ground before, and it was just like bounce right back up. I see these guys running and taking dives into the end zone, and I'm like, it used to look fun. Now I'm like, ooh, that would, oh, right? I, I can't imagine that would hurt doing that now. I, I'm <laughs> gonna know? need a cold and bath I'm, there after that one, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even old, old yet. I'm just kind of not fit old now. <laughs> um, but watching these guys, man, I got to catch some of the parade. I was watching with another fellow satellite KC fan, a friend of mine, Kelly. She's out there. Hey, Kelly. Uh, she's a transplant from Kansas City as well, and just it was just like. It's kind of surreal. It's not, it doesn't feel um, unreal. It just, I'm still in euphoria state. Yeah. Because it's like, I've, I'm watching it. I'm going, you know what it is? It's like I've seen this parade and this kind of celebration stuff so many times, but it's always been animated at the end of a franchise season on Madden. Right. <laughs> it's, it's never been a real, this is video footage being taped and recorded as I'm watching. This team is really happening. And our quarterback, is 24 years old right yeah i mean this is just put it this way if he plays like Favre or brady in terms of longevity you got a shot at another 16 17 seasons to try to get back there now and i i like the dynasty talk i'm with you i i do feel like this could be a team that i think this guy's limit in terms of a run that they could make they they do have work to do Mm -hmm. but Sure. I don't know that I've seen another non-Patriots Super Bowl win in the last 15 years that I thought, hey, man, they're just as likely to get back there next year. It's interesting you brought up Favre and and Tom Brady because when you said that, I was trying to think of what's a good amalgamation for for Patrick because – they give him. They say like leadership wise and intelligence, he's up there with Brady and Breeze and those guys already. Even though he's young, he's just really smart and he gets it and he's he's solid. He doesn't get shaken. But like ta- yeah. arm talent wise, he's like Brett Favre and similarity in the way he moves in the pocket and stuff. But I'm like, but he doesn't turn the ball over like that. And it's like he's kind of like a bit of a hybrid Brady Favre, and that's a huge thing for me to say. I understand that, but right now I'm looking at not only what kind of run are they going to make as a team. His first year starting until they announced the awards is the only year of him as a starter so far where he has not he's not going to have and, and it'll go through the end of this year because he's going to have it. It'll be the only time he's played as a starting quarterback where he hasn't been MVP of something. <laughs> His second year as a starter, he was MVP of the league for the whole year. And he just won Super Bowl MVP. He's got that for the whole next year. I'm wondering how many consecutive years can he be MVP of league or Super Bowl for? I mean, and I'm like, it could go for a minute. It could happen. Yeah, it could. He's that talented. He's not the people keep talking to me about figuring out people figuring out Lamar. They're going to figure out Lamar. I mean, and they might. Patrick Mahomes' ability is not a figure outable thing. It's he's just good. You just. Yeah, the 49ers did for three quarters. What you got to do? You got to get him hurried. You can't give him a second. Yeah, and I mean, and by hurried, I mean one point eight seconds, or or you're you're playing with fire. <laughs> he Absolutely. gets two seconds or more to throw the football. I felt like, and I want to ask you your opinion. I felt like this game came down to the trenches. It came down to, and maybe conditioning. 
maybe conditioning. Maybe we didn't credit the Chiefs enough on their conditioning because for the first three quarters, it looked like the Chiefs were getting whooped by a team that was more aggressive and had higher energy. But they were kind of just like rope-a-doping them a little bit, saving their energy, saving their energy, saving their energy. And when the 49ers' defensive pass rush and their offensive line pass protecting got tired in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs turned it on and flipped the switch, and all of a sudden they were getting to Garoppolo. All of a sudden they're getting open downfield, and they're giving Patrick a little more time. And that's the death sentence. That's that's all it takes with that team. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree with you on both points, but probably for a slightly different reason. This is, despite the fireworks, um, mm-hmm. this is a game that was won in the trenches. This is just as legitimate as 25 years ago winning in at the line, right? Yeah. It's just a different way that it was battled, right? It wasn't the the slug out, everybody helmet to helmet kind of thing. This was this was chess about pass rush on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. And yeah. I agree with you. I, if you listen to my shows, you heard me say a number of times through the season, hey, somebody looks winded or somebody didn't finish that game because they weren't in the shape. And yeah. I do feel that they progressed through the season. And I don't think anybody's been able to go punch to punch with that San Francisco defense all season long. The -hmm. Chiefs took the best defense in performance this season, all of the best coordinators in terms of throwing wrinkles at Patrick, and they were able to outlast them. And I think that does come down to conditioning. Uh, There is a lot of good things that go on in Kansas City, and conditioning has not always been one that's been traditionally there. But I feel like the way that they had to play, especially the comeback aspect of it the last three weeks, I mean – that adrenaline piece that you have to go full out right now and you have to keep going full out until this game's over, I think that does pay off in the long run. Yeah. Some people were questioning why the Chiefs didn't try to go deep earlier. It takes time for you. The route's got to develop. Even if it's like Sammy Watkins, that last play where he got the teardrop down the sideline, mm-hmm. he it was over in five or six yards. He had Sherman beat in five or six yards, but he had to make a couple moves in those yep. five or six yards to get Sherman to stutter step and slow down. And then he released from him. And that takes 1.5, 1.8 seconds for that to happen. Early in that game, Nick Bosa and those guys, they were getting there in a heartbeat. It was so, that pocket was collapsing like a beer can on a frat boy's forehead. It yeah. was not holding up. They, I mean, they weren't, is Nick Bosa. they weren't letting a lot of like single penetrators through. But the whole pocket itself was like, it was like, you have very, this is a black hole. You have very little time before you're going to be yeah. compressed. And, and to move the ball at all was was commendable for Patrick. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, your thoughts on the MVP. Do you feel like the MVP was was rightly awarded? I game? do. I, I believe Damien should be the backup. But you got to remember, too, until that last touchdown run, that was 40% of Damien's yards on the night. And that score was important, yes. But I always look at it this way, and, I, and I'm one of those people, if I had the votes, I would be voting for literally the one person that if you took away, you couldn't win this game. Yeah. And while I think Damian made a big contribution, they don't get in position for him to do what he did without Patrick. They don't get that compact without Patrick. So he is, in terms of, if you lost one guy on this roster for the rest of that game, Patrick's the guy that is the most valuable person. Yeah, we agree on that. I I tweeted as much earlier in the week. I said, Damian Williams, people are forgetting about this guy. They're talking about these two running backs. Breida didn't see any play at all, but they're talking about Breida and Mostert most of the week and how fast they are. These are two guys that are 197 and lighter. People don't realize Damian Williams is running a 4-4-2. He's 224. 
Yeah. The dude, the dude can give you a little shoulder. He can give you a little move. I've seen him push cornerbacks out of the way and get five or six more yards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's going to be the unsung hero or the secret weapon. One of the two are a combination of both in this game. And then Joe Valerio I had on last week. He's coming on again this week, folks. We'll talk to him in a little bit. We both agreed he might sneakily be the, the MVP. And I think had he caught that early, that first drive, went down there and the ball went over his head. Mm-hmm. He didn't see it coming. I think part of that was because the defender grabbed his jersey and he like looked at him as he was like trying to get loose from the guy and there's no flag. Um, but the ball went right. It was it was right there. It was a just an easy walk-in touchdown. And Patrick was like, oh, because he knew that was a missed opportunity. But the way he played at the end of the game, I even shouted at the screen, there's your MVP. I was like all excited. And then I calmed down a second. I thought about it. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. It's seven minutes. It's 21 points in seven minutes. Patrick and maybe one or two other guys in his league have a chance to get down there and do that. Yeah. And those guys are maybes at this point. They're not guaranteed. Yeah. This kid's special. He's different. At the very least, though, Damian Williams, to me, is the unsung hero of this football game. 104 yards on the ground. Well, and people talk and I'll tell about, you. The, the, big, the last thing I want to say was the first drive, it was like four, four first downs he got for the team. Like he yeah. was, and it was, you know, two yards, one yard, seven yards three yards, eight yards. Like the guy just was consistent and solid. And for a team that can't run the football, he looked pretty good doing it. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up too. The thing that I wanted to say, not only does he have the speed, but the thing that he has that I think is above what Mozart and, and Breda bring. And sometimes it drives me nuts because it doesn't always work. Right. But he has the ability to going. stop on a dime and his acceleration <laughs> out of a cut there where he stops himself, not after he gets hit and bounces around, but when he decides to yep. stop and plant, and then accelerate, that's what makes him explosive, and that's where I think is his biggest trait forward. doesn't always work. He mistimes some things sometimes. He gets caught in that move, mm-hmm. but it works when it works, and it's, it's incredible. And to be in a position to do that, I think the, the turning point is, again, back to what we started about. It's about the trenches. Those guys, for an offensive line that can't run the ball, they moved the ball really well in that Super Bowl, and Damian reaped the rewards. Yeah. He certainly did his part, but without that offensive line pulling themselves together, that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. And I, I, another, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention before we let you go, um, I kudos to Marcellus Wiley, who was annoying me <laughs> the other day. Because <laughs> first he was saying that 49ers blew it. I'm like, okay, ease up with your Chargers hate. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl, dude. This was like a, re- re- a real legit win. This was a great comeback, one of the best comebacks in Super Bowl history. To me, it was the best interception I've seen in the Super Bowl ever. Fuller's pick, jumping mm-hmm. over top of Debo Samuel and snatching it right out of where his hands were. That yeah. was an amazing grab. But Marcellus Wiley made a really good point. I was watching him. I remember seeing Teron Matthew going off on the sideline. I'm like, I hope that's positive, aggressive leadership direction and not complaining. Because it could be either or. Either or and I, I feel like he's not that secondary guy. I think he's that guy that's going to get people fired up. He's probably pissed because they're not where they should be. Part of my language, everybody out there in Radio Land. But uh, it's mild compared to today's standards. I think he's just trying to fire guys up. Marcellus Wiley pointed out the fact, yeah, we all saw Honey Badger going off on the sideline. You know how many points the 49ers scored after that tirade? Donut. <laughs> Zero. Well, so I and think, I was you know with what? you, too. That. Go ahead. I, I was with you at the time, too, because I was – it's been so rare. And I thought I, – more so I, – I like what Frank Clark brings. Um, people are going to call him oh, arrogant. You. Let's try that I again. love that. This team has been missing some edge for quite a while. I lost you there for a second. Can you go back to I liked? 
seeing him go off in that direction. Yeah. He brings what this team is needed. I, I really like what Frank does, but Frank's Frank. <laughs> Frank's yeah. not the guy that's going to stand up and, t- and make account of everybody else. Frank's going to lead by, no, no. by example. Example, yeah. And Tyron's been brought here to be not just a verbal leader in the locker room, but you see how much outreach he does on social media. You see how much he touts the team, the organization as an ambassador to the community. Mm-hmm. He's there to be that figurehead on the defensive side of the ball. Somebody that can stand up to the spotlight next to Mahomes. And he's been ultra positive about everything, at least in the media. And from what I understand, he's pretty positive with his teammates in the locker room too. to see him have to get to that point that he flips the switch. And he's like, this isn't good enough. You're slacking get your stuff together and get going. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. necessarily negative, but it's not the normal nope. rah, rah kind of thing. And I think that really, when you don't have to go to that, that attitude very often, when you do, I feel it's way more effective from a leadership standpoint. Oh yeah. It's a smack in the face to the guys realize they, you autumn, you instantly, when you hear that from a leader who normally is patting you on the back, you're instantly forced to take accountability of what you're doing and what you're not doing and whether you're living up to your ability or whether you're going Gee whiz, we're in the Super Bowl. Uh-uh. We're going to lose the Super Bowl if you don't start trying to win the Super Bowl. Right. You start playing to not lose the Super Bowl or just happy to be here, uh-uh, that's not good enough because we might never get back. And I think the key thing was our leaders on that team, all the way down to our 24-year-old quarterback who probably watched a lot of Dan Marino film when he was a kid, <laughs> went, not not me. I don't want to go to a cautionary tale. I don't want to go to – Dan was great. Dan was amazing. Dan should have four rings. But fate did not deal him that hand. Yeah. With his level of ability thrown in today's game, oh, my gosh. Look well, and, and Dan is the ultimate thing, cautionary tale, about how to deal with Patrick. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked, and a lot of people are talking about Dynasty, but what happened with Patrick? I mean, with Dan compared to Patrick, yeah. he didn't consider, they didn't consider keeping him stocked with players. I know yes. there's uh, the dupers and, you know, but it wasn't consistent enough. They didn't run the ball enough and they didn't defense have a defense that was stout never, Yeah, defense exactly. and run game never matched up. So balance has to be about this organization going forward. And I feel like Beach is in a pretty good position to do that. I feel Andy's like very cognizant of it because he's been there before. And I honestly, for a 24-year-old, I feel like he's mature enough to understand that he as good as he is, cannot be the only thing that's there. Yeah. I think one last thing I want to ask you was, um, we'll, we'll talk about this in the later weeks, in the next next month or whatever, when we start getting into combine and draft stuff, I would like to have you on. Um, going forward, really quickly, some people were on, uh, some people were on Twitter and like, we're, what about, how are we going to keep them? We're going to lose all these players and blah, blah, blah. First of all, the salary cap's going to get larger, like it always does. There's always more money coming in on the salary cap. I think that he takes between 240 and 252 over six years, takes 40 to 42, 43 million at the most a year, which is a ton, but easily manageable with today's cap. And he's well worth it because he's just that different. Um, We get Chris Jones signed. That's got to happen. That's just, you can't not lose that monster in the middle. I think Sammy takes a pay cut, restruct not well restructures to get a little more money up front and sticks around. And I think Demarcus Robinson takes his highlight reel and his Super Bowl ring and makes a mint somewhere else, yep. and is and is a solid receiver for somebody like Conley was for the Jaguars last year. And we replace him with this plethora of the timing couldn't be better. We are first of all we already have like guys like Jody Fortson and and you know Pringle and guys like that waiting in the wings to come out. I thought Kemp was going to be a contributor before he got hurt, but there's so mm-hmm. many great receivers coming out of the draft. 
Yeah, that I think this is the perfect timing to need to replace one or two guys like that. Even if, if God forbid, we even if we lose Watkins, I think there's enough guys coming about out right now and enough guys on the roster ready to step up that we will barely miss a step. And yeah. Andy will get him coached up, and the guys will get him. Greg Lewis will get him coached up, and I think we'll be fine. What are your thoughts on uh, on uh, guys you might lose and guys you might replace really quickly? I, I see similarly to you. I think Sammy's kind of written it in the sand um, mm-hmm. that he understands that this contract is untenable for him. Um, I, I don't know if his comments about taking 2020 off are really indicative of him expecting that, or I hope, like you said, that he's willing to restructure and take a much smaller deal, even if it is a complete tear up and start over. Okay. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you about Robinson um, and this class. And I'll give you this little nugget. I've, I've started my process and you guys can find anything that you want to know on athleticism in the draft on RGR football and everywhere else that I put everything else. My company, Rogue Analytics, is about draft athleticism matrices and how you go about selecting players. And the guy that I have my hand on right now, it's going to be a third or fourth round pick is Claypool out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I think he fits this offense perfectly. Yeah. And, and fans out there who don't know, um, if you think you know the draft and you think you like are into that like I am, um, you go watch go read Ryan's stuff. You don't know what you don't know until you go over there and go, Oh, <laughs> that, that makes sense. I get that now. That makes perfect sense. You just kind of see how certain guys fit better in certain situations. And that's a huge thing. That's I mean, a guy can be a great player. How many times have we seen a star go to a team, Cleveland Browns and not be <coughs> what he was on his last team? Because <laughs> that's the last, I'm going to throw one. It's a little bit of a dig, but I'm like, I'm sorry, Cleveland Browns. You had all the heart, all the cards. You had all the aces in your hand. You could have did slow played this thing. Everybody else replaced their head coaches. They were all set. They're all ready to go. You could have just slow played it and and sat there and gone. We're going to wait until after the Super Bowl, and we're going to take Eric Bieniemy, and he's going to be our head coach, and he's going to give us the kind of offense that the Kansas City Chiefs have because we have plenty of talent. We just yep. need that one figure that's going to hold everything together. And you, I don't know if you blew it. I'm not going to say you blew it because maybe Stefanski will go there and do great things. I don't know. But you're going to have fans, if this does not go well in the next two or three years, that say you could have had Eric Bieniemy. And if he goes somewhere else, I don't know. If another year like the Bengals just had happens, who knows? Maybe next year he goes to the Bengals and they whoop you for 10 years. <laughs> you heard it here first, fans. The Cleveland Browns could have had Eric Bieniemy, And I personally think that they blew it. Anyway, it's great having you on, Ryan. Uh, is there any more any more thing you look at your route to say something? Go ahead. Is there something you no, had to add? No, I was just going to agree with you, and I just want to say this. I said, I know there's a lot of controversy about Eric Bieniemy, and I said sure. before this season started, this whole time, I didn't think he was going to get a job this year just because right. of the not enough volume of play calling attributed to him, right? Mm-hmm. Next season is his last season in Kansas City. I'll tell you that right now. Someone yeah, will give sure. him a job. So he's getting. Plucked. I'm just hoping that it, Anthony Lynn survives next season and Eric Bieniemy doesn't end up in L.A. Yeah, that would Here's hurt. the thing. Here's the thing, people. Um, whether or not Eric's calling those plays on game day all the time, first thing you got to consider: we ran the ball much more consistently this year than we did in previous years, and I contribute that to. I attribute that to Eric Bieniemy being the offense coordinator the last two years. I love Matt Nagy. I thought he was great, but you have an offensive minded head coach and they generally like to fling that ball. He's had a lot of really good quarterbacks. Eric Bieniemy was a running back in the NFL. If you're going to have that yin and yang of running and passing, it's great to have a head coach who likes to sling it. 
and an offense coordinator who every once in a while, every once in a while might be, don't forget about Damian. Don't forget that our guys can block too. They like to pound people into the earth and road grade, <laughs> given the opportunity. Let's maybe let's 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 just run the ball a little more here. And the, the other thing is, uh, conversely, in the Super Bowl, a lot of those people saying that the 49ers should have ran the ball more. Go watch the tape again, folks. Okay, Debo Samuel got loose a bunch of times. He's unexpected as much as anything. How many times did you see Mostert get slammed into the ground for a yard or a yard loss? It was not. They were not doing to the Chiefs what they did to the Packers on any day we played this game. There was it was not happening. Anybody out there thinks you should have ran more and that's why you lost? You're kidding yourself. You would have got beat by twenty instead of eleven. That was not happening against this Chiefs team. This defense is underrated. Our offense's explosiveness has to be managed and handled by not giving them opportunities. You go three and out because you run the ball too much, guess what? That score would have got a lot more lopsided a lot sooner. So anyway, I wish you good luck in the rest of this offseason. Enjoy this season as a Chiefs champion. <laughs> Everybody's champ, right? Everybody's champ, baby. For one year, we get all, we all get to be champ. That's all there is to it. Thanks for coming on again, Ryan. We'll talk to you again soon in the uh, in the off season. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. Okay, welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. I'm here now with uh, former Chiefs offensive tackle, catcher of four touchdowns from Joe Montana, Mr. Joe Valerio, a, a happy guest, I believe. How you doing, Joe? Oh, Danilo, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I am still on this Super Bowl win and will be for a long time. I probably will. I will be until they win it next year. Uh, this was great. It was great yeah. for the city. It, it was great for the fans. Great for the Hunt family. You know, for a group for fans in the NFL. You know, I, I was considered the greatest fans in, in the NFL, if not of all professional or or organized sports. The Kansas City Chiefs fans who yeah. remained unwavered for fifty years, unwavered, sell out year after year, never gave up on this team. Yeah, never gave up on the coaches that the Hunt family brought in. And they got it, and I love it, and and I'm I'm really especially happy for well, number one, the players, of course, but and also for Coach Reed. You yeah, know, he holds a special place in my heart, having having had all the success he had in my hometown of Philadelphia, and and then going to Kansas City and partnering up with the Hunt family and seeing what he and Brett Beach and the coaches were able to do. So happy for him. What a players' coach. What a fans' coach. What a what a city's coach. Right. Absolutely. And and there were some bleak times when those fans were. We're not wavering. There were some bleak, bleak times before Andy, uh, between Trent Green and Alex Smith. It was it got rough there for a minute, and those fans just kept coming out. And I really it appreciated did. that. Never stopped. We're kind of caught up in this. Uh, first of all, I forgot to. I, I, I'm gonna have to get used to it. It's gonna take a minute. I made a commitment. I believe I announced it on Twitter. Um, I should have said, "How's it going, champ?" Because my new rule is for the next 365 days, and I'll revisit it after the next Super Bowl. But for the next year, every Chiefs fan, every former Chiefs player I see, your nickname's Champ for the next year. There That's it. Absolutely, we are until until the uh, the final whistle, the fourth quarter, or if it goes to overtime in next year's Super Bowl. Right. That's right. They will be they will be the world champs. And you know it, it's you know you bring up a great point, Danilo. I was so impressed, so impressed with this team's and, – and, and look, I am literally not just saying this because of my Kansas City connection sure. and the fact that we're still on this high from the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I never I never heard – and maybe maybe they did and I just wasn't paying attention, but I never heard the, the amount of 
homage that these players paid to the players that had gone before them. Oh, the yeah. way that this chief team did. I mean, yeah. you know, it was obviously personified uh, and, and exhibited and demonstrated when, you know, Frank Clark shows up at the parade in a DT jersey, right? Yeah. And he's got yeah. Derek Thomas 58 on his back. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I've watched a lot of Super Bowl parades, yeah. some because I hated the team that was up there and sure, I was sure. mad that they were winning, <laughs> some that I like. And I was, you know, that I was excited for those teams in those cities to be winning the Super Bowl if it couldn't be the Chiefs or the Eagles, um, my two favorite teams. So Great. the, this team constantly, constantly was the players that have gone before. Andy did it multiple times in press conferences and interviews, like the players that have gone before, the organizational structure that has gone before. They really, really did a great job of making us former players feel like we were a part of this. And, and you know, the Chiefs organization, look, I'm, I'm unfortunate enough to, li- you know, I have to live, you know, 1,200 miles away in Philadelphia. And right. I keep as many connections as I can. But I know for a fact, just having been there for six years and then knowing in my visits back to, to town, have probably the most active alumni group yeah. of, you know, with the ambassadors than any team in the NFL. I'd put that, I'd, I'd put money on, in a Vegas line on that. And I'd, I'd fight anybody on that, that, that yeah. this organization has really takes care of the players. And, you know, it makes you feel, you know, when they use terms like we're standing on the shoulders of giants and we're do, it just makes you feel like, God, all those years that we put in, you know, some a lot more than others and a lot more than I even did it, you know, at six years. And, you know, the Will Shields of the world, the Tim Grunhart, Dave Zott, John Alt, yeah. Dave Lutz, all the guys I played with that played Jerron Cherry, you know. 10, 15 years in the league, never getting to this, not even getting mm-hmm. close to the Super Bowl. Man, I just like, I, you probably hear the passion in my voice just, yeah. just thinking about how cool it was that the players and the organization really gave it to the, to the, um, to the former players that went before. And that's just, that's just awesome. And I, and I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's this, this win mattered a lot to them. And almost to a man, it seemed like they were, to a man, I can't think of anybody out of hand that that wasn't this way. But to a man, they were all playing to win it for someone else, other than just mm-hmm. themselves, not just their family. Not, and when you put that on the line, when you put that, this isn't for me; it's for you, because <clears throat> we've all succeeded and failed in life. We've all done things and tried. And anybody who's tried, you're going to have some failures along the way, and that's fine. But the thing you learn along the line is it's easier to give up on yourself than it is to give up on somebody else that you're trying to, to do this for. And that matters to you and really matters to you. And it shouldn't be easy to do either. But if there's not another skin in the game, if somebody else's, I don't know, reputation or, 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 um, heritage or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Gosh, their, their, their history of that team is, it's just, there's been so many greats. Like having Patrick now has made me look back at some of the, players that have come and gone on this team. And it's like, how did we not win a Super Bowl before this? We had yeah. so many great players. There are a lot of great players that have come through these doors, but it's just, it shows you how tough the league is. It shows you how competitive it is. And these guys mm-hmm. were not taking it for granted. They were not, they were not callous about it or just like, like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's really, you could see on their faces on that, on that dais when they were up there after the parade, how much it mattered to all of them and how much yeah. they were a unit and they were together and there there's a brotherhood there and they're playing for each other and they and having that leader that young and he's 24 Joe unbelievable that guy just that the gel that bonds everything together it's it's yeah. crazy 
It's crazy. I couldn't tie my shoes when I was 24, for crying out loud myself. I mean, he is so mature. You know, the things he says, the way he handles himself. You know, when I, I look back, I read an article uh, this week that, you know, I, it had gone unread. I, had, I didn't know this story, but, you know, about how he had turned down a ton of endorsements and some endorsement money in his rookie year when he was backing Alex Smith up, uh-huh. uh, you know, and how he turned that down because he said, you know what, what does that tell my team? And he didn't say it, he didn't say it, you know, this overtly, yeah. you know, but the way in the decision that he made, it said it overtly that, you know, I, I haven't earned it yet. I'm yeah. a backup quarterback, you know? Um, yeah. I may have been drafted high, not as high as he probably should have been, but thank goodness for that. Yeah. That was the pick we had. Right. And, well, was it? It was the pick. It was a pick we traded up seventeen and we traded spots up for to and get. That was about as high as we were. We, you know, we could possibly have gotten. Exactly. So, thank goodness. Yeah. You know that he didn't go any higher. Thank you, Chicago, um, because we, we probably <laughs> wouldn't have gotten them. And 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 you know, for 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 a gem like a like a kid, right? Let's just be frank and honest, a kid to to make that kind of decision about. I'm not going to take these endorsements because what does that tell my teammates? You know, I'm going to go out and sign a deal for this, this, endorse this, and I haven't really done anything yet. That just didn't tell his team. That told every player that went before him, yeah. you know, in the organization that, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of older players that, you know, they think about those things, you know, with, with some of these contracts that, you know, players get before they've even stepped on the field and things like that. And, and yeah. believe me, it goes into the psychology of all sure. this. I mean, we're, we're, the former players are just human, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, to see somebody make a decision like that at, at that what would have been then 22, 23 years old, like, man, what, you know, what a leader that this team has. So it, it, it begs the question, you know, and I think, Danilo, to comment on your comment about how fragile – team chemistry is and and you know you said why you know you and you made a great astute comment well you know why some of those teams didn't go to the super bowl you know the duran cherry years the joe montana year we we got close and some of those teams that dick vermeule put out on the field and yeah you know alex smith and all all the you know all these great players have come and gone and it's 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 it takes a lot of pieces to put it together yeah you know and, and if you're just missing that one piece you know, you're missing that one position, that one tool, that one component of of in, in the chemistry of putting an NFL team together. Because right now, what is what are the 31 other teams doing? They're thinking about how to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Whether it's in the regular season as a divisional opponent, whether it's a conference, you know, opponent that's going to have to play them in the playoffs or whether it's an NFC team that's going to have to play them in the Super Bowl. That's exactly the mentality of the 31 other coaches and general managers and, and players out there. They're thinking, how do we beat the Chiefs? Yeah. If they were able to do it, what, is, what were we missing? What chemistry do we need to create? And then and somebody's gunning for you. So it is, it is tough at the top. Marty used to say it all the time. Coach Imer, I say it. I use it in business. I use it in work. I use it yeah. everywhere I go. Marty always used to say, Joe, team, and he'd speak to me specifically individually, but you know, he would sure. say to the team, the fit gets really tight at the top. Yeah. There's a lot of people at the bottom of the pyramid. You know, it's almost like invite all, all comers, yeah. come on in. And then as you climb up that pyramid and you get into the top of that pyramid, you know, you got to kick, somebody's got to get kicked out yeah. and, and the fit gets really, really tight. And there's going to be a lot of teams vying for the top of that pyramid. So it just begs the differ or it begs the question, I should say, what are the chiefs going to do? You know, what, what, how are they going to maintain that? How are they going to fight off and fend off, the amount of talent grabbing and maneuvering that's going to go on 
Um, and I've, you know, I've a lot of thoughts about that because I've been thinking yeah. about it this week. Cause of course, yeah. you know, that's what, that's what I'm, I'm I guarantee you coach Reed probably did the Marty Schottenheimer 12 o'clock rule. He celebrated till 12 o'clock the next day. And then he's thinking about next year. I yeah. know he is. Cause that's the kind of coach he is. And that's yeah. why they love him so much. Well, when, uh, they were on the, uh, podium after the game, um, Deion Sanders was saying, you know, like, I know you guys are going to, you're all excited. This is great. You want, you want to, you want to do this again because Andy goes, just make sure you enjoy this. Take some time, take some. And Patrick goes, I give him three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give him See, three they, days before he's looking at the draft again. The, and Andy came right, Andy no, came right back know. and said, he goes, I'll tell you what, you know, he goes, I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a great cheeseburger. And you know what? Yep. And he did that pause for effect. I'm about to tell an Andy joke. I might even make it a double. And he paused and he goes, because I think we need another one of these. I think we need to come right. The fact that right out of the gate, I expected from somebody like Tyreek who did it on the podium of the dais as well. But Andy's like, where he's talking about repeat. He's talking about back to back. He's not yeah. talking. He's not being all humble and, oh, we're just lucky and thankful to be. No, no. We worked really damn hard to get here and do this. And oh, there's yeah. no reason we can't do it again. And we need to start instilling that belief right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, what do you think, Danilo? I mean, I, I, you know, there's a lot of questions. If you would have said, you know, if we would have said, and this is with all due respect to, to, to Damian Williams. Yeah, um, yeah. My, my thought, you know, and look, you know, I'm just doing this totally objectively. You know, it has nothing to do with Damian because he really came, you know. We were, nowhere, we were pretty right? close on that call. You and I were both saying he might, he might snag that MVP. He came did, pretty and close. I, and i got to be honest. If I, here's, and I talked about this with a, a, a friend at work, and, and uh-huh. we were j- just chatting about it. I guarantee you, if if not taking anything away from Patrick, sure, you know, come on, come on, yeah. we, we know he's the MVP, but not taking anything away from him. If you would have watched that game in what what I would call like a sterile environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe the, as the game film, just 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 watching the game film, no crowd yeah. noise, no yep. commercials, no 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 commentary from from the uh, you know from the uh, from the booth, right. You might have to give it to Damien. Like if you just watch the how that game progressed. I mean, of course, MVPs, there's always that emotional, psychological body of work that goes into getting there. Yeah. You know, overcoming injury, what what Patrick did in the playoffs leading up to it. And you say that of course he's our Super Bowl MVP. But for that, what you might want to do is you might want to give like you know, and sometimes if, if somebody's been to like a high school basketball tournament, mm-hmm. they'll do like a tournament MVP. <laughs> like right, they, right. They usually do that, right? For like the winner of the of the tournament, they'll still give somebody the tournament MVP. That's what I think I would give to Patrick, right? I would give him like, granted, you know, Lamar Jackson, did he earn the season MVP? Maybe. But like Patrick definitely gets what I would call the tournament MVP. Those three playoff Going games? Going back to my high wow. school days. Yeah. You know, and then, and then maybe Damian gets like the game MVP of the actual Super Bowl, right? right. Just for like that – what he did in that game, or, or maybe you give it to the running game. I mean, you could even yeah. say, because who would have thought? And so my, my original, like that leads into my original comment. Like I know there was a lot of Chiefs fans probably thinking week eight, six, you know, coming into the, the stretch there. God, I wonder what running back free agents are out there. Right. Is Derek Henry, like people are going scratching their head. Is Derek Henry a free agent? God, what, you know, he is I gotta actually. be honest. <laughs> I, what's that? He is actually. <laughs> well, he is right. Yeah. And people were asking that question. Like, well, like I even heard some people. I was actually in Tennessee for work. Yeah, I was in Nashville, and and we were having a lot. I was having a lot of Titans Chiefs conversations. I gotta be honest. And this really wasn't just because they were they were you know we were kind of talking you know about the Chiefs. They were really happy that the Chiefs won. They nice. really were. And, yeah. and they said if there was any team that the Titans played that they were glad made it. 
they were glad it was the Chiefs. And I think that's this has become a neat little little rivalry here yeah. right, between the Titans and the Chiefs. Between those two games, they had this season. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of fans are now going into this offseason, and and I wonder if 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 you know the the powers to be are going in and saying, you know what, I don't know about that whole let's go after a big running back free agent. I mean, I think they got the guy. I think they've got, you know, I think Damian Williams is their guy. And I think he proved it. And I think he silenced all critics. And I think he probably shut down some scout for the chief job, right? Whose job was to go out and look for a running, you know, here, you go find a running back for us in the draft. Or, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll probably find somebody in the draft just for future purposes. But like, as far as going out and getting a big free agent, I think, I think personally that's off the table for the chiefs. I think, I think, I don't think they need to go out and get a Derrick Henry or do anything no. like that. That some people were hoping maybe at the beginning of the season that they might need. I don't, know, I, I don't know what your thoughts. I were agree. I totally agree. I was talking about this with uh, Ryan Tracy yesterday from Locked On Chiefs, and sometimes it's the measure of the characters' all round abilities that matter more mm-hmm. than well, are you a dominant running back? Are you this? Or that? I mean, is somebody like a you know Jonathan Taylor from uh, Wisconsin? Like that, but if he like slid to like the bottom yeah. around two maybe or something like yeah, just because he's such yeah. a talent. And to have oh, him yeah, as depth, yeah, yeah. and then maybe he can take over a little later. But it's a matter of nobody was talking about Damien going into this game. He's 224 pounds. He's not a 195-pound back like the two, like Brita and Mostert for the Niners. He can take a hit. He can take a beating. He had some nice little angry runs up the middle early in the game. He yeah. got four first downs on the first touchdown drive. His pass protection is great. The last six, seven minutes, he and Kelsey both put a hat on Bosa. On every play that worked, yeah. one of the one of them got over there and chipped them. One of them got over there and gave him a shoulder, something yeah. to just give give Patrick a an eighth of a second longer to get rid of that ball. And that's all that yeah. kid needs. But his ability yeah. to catch in the backfield, his that catch against Chicago earlier in the year, I mean, he, as soon as he's even with, uh, he's a one step from being even with the linebacker, and he's facing towards Patrick. Still, the linebacker is they're facing opposite directions. He doesn't look at the linebacker; he looks at Patrick because he knows as soon as I pass him. Patrick knows I'm open and the ball's coming. And he gets right. there, the ball hits him, and he runs right by the guy. Like the ball actually hits him, I believe, before he passes the guy. And he just yeah. scoots by. That last run, people got a good taste of, this is how fast this kid is. Yeah. Jimmy Ward's yeah. a quick dude. He was like 8 or 10 yards downfield. He had no angle. It was over. It was already over because yeah. Jimmy was facing the wrong way. The yeah. fact that he runs around next to you know, Hardman and Tyree Kill, people underestimate his speed. I mean, the right. game, people in the league have no excuse. Fans might might not understand it, but no, he's a great all-around back. He's good in pass pro. He catches the ball. I could see us going, you know, third or fourth round, get some depth, unless sure. somebody amazing yeah. falls, like I said. Yeah. But that's not yeah, our position. Shady's going to retire. I mean, yeah. you know. He's, Shady got he's, his rock. You know. He got his, Andy got him his yep. ring. I was yep. thinking about another position, which is a position of need, I believe, is corner. Um, but think about Keith Reeser. So Keith Reeser's on the team last year, yeah. gets injured. Looks like a promising guy is going to maybe fight for third or fourth corner. Gets injured, misses the season. Goes and plays in that other league that I can't remember the name that lasted like five minutes. But plays, plays phenomenally and gets picked back up by the Chiefs only to get injured again, but goes on IR and he's got his Super Bowl ring because of what he did in that other league. This is for all those guys out there who are about to start playing the XFL. Yeah, the XFL could lead to you getting a Super Bowl ring. Just ask Keith. Yeah, you never give up. You never give up on your dream, right? You find out what you need to do. I did it. I did it. I played in the uh, in the World League in 1992. So I got yeah. drafted in 91. You know, my rookie season 
was 91 and, you know, spot duty, special teams. Like, sure. you know, I wasn't really, like, you know, I played at Penn, right? I was yeah. joke. I was blocking Biff McNutty from Harvard yeah. and ended yeah. up going against Howie Long, like yeah. who, Derek Thomas, like somebody yeah. helped me out here. So <laughs> Coach Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson came to me in, in the offseason and said, look, Joe, there's this World League of American football. Um, and it's an NFL sponsor, you know, the NFL owned it and, and, and you can go there and pick up some game experience over the spring, yeah. come back and be ready for camp. And I ended up starting, you know, f- three or four games in 1992. Yeah. We'll, so, we'll slap a chief's logo on the back of your helmet and you'll go play in yeah. Europe. <laughs> and it, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I had, I was playing against great competition. I, I honed my skills and, and was able to come back and make an impact in, in 1992. Yeah. So you know, yeah, for, for any player out there that, you know, feels like they, you know, they do. And that, that's a great example, uh, you know, that's a great story of, of, you know, you stick to it. And if you have a dream, and especially you guys do while you're young, right, you might yeah. as well because your yeah. body only lasts so long. I mean, Mike Bell, great, Chiefs great, right, number 99 defensive tackle that had spent many a, a day going against, um, you know, for the six years I was there. Uh, you know, always just say, "Hey, guys, it ends for everybody, just some sooner than others." So enjoy yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> just you so, never know. It, when just, that's it ends, be. right? It, it even ends for the greatest of greats, right? Joe what? Montana's of the world. It's you know, uh, it just it ends, and and so you got to enjoy it while you're young, and you got to keep playing and keep trying while you have the body to do it. So yeah, happy for happy for him on that. I, I you know, and then just to close the loop on that whole whole Damien thing, I, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm just super excited for him as a person, as as a player that he was able to make that statement and, um, and, and actually I think let the chief breathe a little bit now. Yeah. Right. I mean, after, if they look at his body of work as it progressed through the course of the season, you know, where that opens them up now to really focus on some other things. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I don't, I, honestly, Joe, I don't think they were worried about it. I think he just, he came into the season. He looked nicked up. He didn't look like himself. Yeah, that's true. That's and then true. he Maybe got injured in that chargers know, yeah. game and went away. And kind of like Patrick, he was dealing with some like little nicking injuries. Yeah, got injured worse in the Chargers game. Had to go away, and everything kind of healed up. And then when yeah. he came back, he was on fire. He got his yeah. ninety-one yard run against Minnesota. He got an eighty-four yeah. yard touchdown run against. It was like there's the guy from the Colts playoff game last year. That's yeah. the cat that we were missing. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. I think Eric Bieniemy and they're, they're just, he'll come around. I think they're all yeah. like the thing I wanted to say too about his 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 things coming into a circle and things coming around. Is uh, do you remember what team we got him from? Um, I'm drawing a blank. The Miami Dolphins. And where was the oh. Super Bowl this year? <laughs> there you go. Remember right? me, Miami? That's right. That's Dude. right. That's right. That's and, so good and, for him. And, yeah, and that was uh, you know, God. Speaking of the Dolphins, to you know, good segue. I yeah. think maybe it's a good segue. I don't know. Thank you, Fitzy, by the way. Thanks again. I Fitz was magic. just aware exactly where I was going. How about some of the crazy things that happened to put the Chiefs in that in that position for success, right? Look, yeah. this team, I think, obviously, the team proved they could beat anybody at any place at any time, right? They're the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. But come on, let's let's be real and let's talk about some of the things that happened for them to be in that ultimate position of, mm-hmm. of success and, and sort of uh, having the upper hand, right, with – Fitz magic, right. right? Beating the, you know, that, 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 you know, I don't think we can underestimate the power of that going from the three to the two. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and, and knowing that, you know, short of the Ravens, somebody's going to have to come in, you know, they're all going to have to come to Arrowhead. They're all going to have to deal with the noise. They're yeah. all going to have to deal with the best fans in, in the NFL and they're going to have to deal with it. And, yeah. and, and it's going to give the chiefs the confidence going in like, all right, now, you know, come on, we just bumped up to two. And then, you know, and then, the Titans, right, beating the Ravens, mm-hmm. 
in Baltimore. Yeah. It's like, you know, and then and then the AFC championship and it's like it was almost like it just things were happening. It's just the stars line, man. Yeah, stars right. Line. I mean, I just I don't know. And I'm not it, 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 to the person who doesn't know this team and doesn't know what we all talk about as 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 sort of, you know, commentators and 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 on this and all this stuff having you know being so close to it throughout the, the year just like constantly talking about it on podcasts yeah. and you know radio shows and all that stuff that would sound like, Oh yeah, Joe, you're just, you're taking something away from the chiefs. Like you're saying, Oh, they couldn't have done it if they had to go in. I'm not saying that I'm saying that it's just great that it happened in front of the fans at Arrowhead. It gave gave us the best possible circumstances to succeed because you know, in the NFL, anything can happen. Any edge, any, any little edge you can get. Like, I mean, we, we play, we play what 80% of the playoffs, 75% of the playoffs without Sherman on the field without Anthony Sherman on the field, what happens at the end of the game? Sherman gets to the outside edge, traps Quan Alexander in and pushes him into Fred Warner, and boom, Damien's gone off to the races down yeah. the field. Yeah. We, yeah. Most of the time we don't have that fullback in there like we like we could because yeah. he's talented enough. But Andy yeah. and them are like, it's that's the thing people don't understand. It's not that the Chiefs can't run the ball. You played O-line. O-line guys like to grind those guys into the dirt. Them. They're like, yes. people don't understand. I tell, I tell people this all the time, and I'll get back to that, the path, because I had a point on that. But I tell people all the time, O-linemen are not afraid. Of, I mean, well, maybe Reggie White, maybe a handful of, like, back in the day, certain guys might have thrown a little fear of God in yeah. the, the odd O-linemen. But for the most part, O-linemen aren't afraid of pass rushers. Pass rushers are the guy O-linemen throw out of the club. They're like, you yeah. guys are bigger, stronger. Yeah. You're just not allowed to hold them. You're like, if you could hold them, it wouldn't even be a contest. So, yeah. and the fact that, you know, everybody will talk about Nick Bosa. If they would have won, everyone would have talked about how Nick Bosa whooped on a, an Eric Fisher. And I normally have compassion for guys when I see them on the sideline, inconsolable after a loss. Nick Bosa lost that for me when they showed the replay of after we threw the second pick. And he's like looking over and like with like mad dog face talking some trash to Eric Fisher as he walks by. Like, I'm like looking, I'm going, dude, like I'm on tape. You can hear me in the background going, this is not over, man. You should not be talking yet. I don't know what you think's going on right now, but have you seen our team play before? Because this could come back and bite you in the the butt. This is their formula. This is what they do. This is the plan, (laughs) basically. Yeah, exactly. We know it's it's not really, they don't want to get behind, but I mean, it's not, whatever. It's not uncommon ground. But yeah, watching no, these it. watching these games and these players, it's just like it's it's. Uh, I don't know, man. There's yeah. the Damien the Damien thing is great. Everybody's path is great, but the path of the team, like what you said, is absolutely true. But all our listeners on here, if they go back and listen to the podcast leading up to the playoffs, and people were talking about on national media was all about oh it's a lock. I mean the, the Patriots are going to be at home, but I said yeah. again this is not over because the last three years Miami has split with. New England. And no one's ever expected yeah. them to beat New England. And everybody's like, well, yeah, but those were in Miami. I go, I don't care where it is. Yeah. Fitz magic is, is a different cat. He doesn't care yeah, about what he's really supposed is. to be able to do. He just does crazy things once in a while. He gets that little wizard wand out yeah. and you're like, well, Oh, he can be this good sometimes. And yeah. if they win that, and then the, I mean, the Titans who the Houston Texans let roll into the playoffs on fire, they should have pounded the Titans and just, 
just first of all knocked them out so they wouldn't have to possibly play them later themselves, knowing right. how strong their run game was. But the Houston Texans just opened the gate, let them walk right in by not playing their starters the last game of the season. The Titans went rolling into the New England, who was like not prepared to to face that run game. That run mm-hmm. game was designed to destroy them. Then it was like, and then in the next week it would mean we'd have home field advantage, everyone. I said, and mm-hmm. what better way to, to to set up the home field AFC championship than the Titans and Ravens going and slobber knocking each other for four quarters? They're going to yeah. beat the tar out of each other, which is what they did. And, you know, we got a chance then because if anybody could beat them at their own game, it'd be the Titans. Because as yeah. good as Ingram and those other backs are, they're not Derrick Henry. Well, that was big. That was big for, that was, that was big for you know, that was big for uh, for the Titans and, and bad for Baltimore. That that I think yeah. what happened in that game, and, and I watched most of that game. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I think, and I don't know for a fact, and, and obviously didn't ask him or talk about. I, I think Lamar pressed a little bit, knowing he didn't have Ingram. I think he, yeah. I think he was carrying the weight of the world. We had Ingram shoulders. back. He just wasn't. I mean, are you he talking just, about the playoff game? Yeah, he wasn't the same. Yeah, but he, he just wasn't 100%. himself. Like not having you know a healthy Ingram. Yeah. Versus what he had in that game was was not really even comparable, right? I mean, he he just did not have him at 100%. And I think and the not break, having him at 100% in the back of his mind was saying, all right, I got to win. I got to carry this on my back. And that's the worst thing you want to do for a quarterback. And the you break, know, the a, break a young, Joe, young, I mean, you've played, you've had buys before, you've played before. Having three weeks, I mean, he didn't play week 17. They didn't play mm-hmm. the the next, like, that's too that long. That was too long. He's, he's too only, long. His only experience in the playoffs was one loss to the Chargers. Yeah. Like, you can't, that's too much. And then put long. the whole weight of the world. Long. Okay, now go win. <laughs> and these guys are yeah, coming off of a buzzsaw seed. win against the New England Patriots at yeah. Foxborough. So they're it, a little it, amped. Just go beat those guys to, now. Yeah, and not to bring up bad Chiefs memories. Sure. But it did make me think that Ravens loss made me think of the divisional loss that we had in, in 95 when we had home field throughout. Yeah. You know, we everybody was geared up for a, a Cowboy because we played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving that year mm-hmm. in Dallas. And um, everybody basically said, "Okay, this game right here is the preview of the Super Bowl." Yeah, right. And that's what they said. Okay, and, and, and we we held our own. It was a, it was a you know it was a tough playing on Thanksgiving short week. Dallas was kind of used to it. It was in their DNA to be yeah. able to do that. And, and they they got the best of us in that game. But you know, we ended up thirteen and three. Obviously, we yeah. had home field throughout, and it was basically, you know, okay, we got we got the, we have the Colts, you know, coming in. And, yeah, all right, you know, Jim Harbaugh's you know, good, solid game manager. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't, we didn't think he was going to, you know, world be beater to, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we think, all right, when we, and of course you, you look, I don't care what anybody says. You always look ahead a little bit, right? And sure. then we're thinking, all right. And then Bill Cowher's got to come in. Steelers got to come in to mm-hmm. Arrowhead. Right. And yeah. Marty, you know, look at the, the mentor versus the mentee and the whole nine yards. And we, we, we were, we were thinking Super Bowl. And I think the fans were, yeah. And to get shocked like that after that long, we were Joe, we were, <laughs> Speaking, of, speaking on behalf of the fans, we were. <laughs> oh, believe me, it was it was devastating, and and to think because I have to be honest, and this is going to sound like a weird like analogy or or kind of way to tie it together. You know, we go to the AFC Championship in '93. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's as, as physically close that we got to the Super Bowl during that era. Yeah. At least when I was there from '91 to '96, that was that was the closest we got to to the Super Bowl physically. But I think mentally, was that the Dolphins? Was, was that the Dolphins loss? '93 uh, was the Bills loss in the AFC Championship. Okay, yeah, Ugh. right. So we, I just remember we, being we, like, "Could you we, just let we beat Pittsburgh in overtime?" <laughs> we yeah. we go we go to the House of Pain. 
Houston had won 11 straight games, Buddy Ryan, 46 defense, Kevin Gilbride run and shoot, you know, 500 yards a game. And we go down to Houston and Montana just picks them apart. Yeah. And, you know, we come back and, and, and the fans, 40,000 fans at the airport cheering us on. We're going, you know, to the AFC championship game and on and, the road, you know, the city was crazy. And, and like we, we were physically as close to the Super Bowl as I had ever been, but I think mentally we were closer to the Super Bowl in 95 yeah. when we had home field throughout because we were just thinking the way that we rolled through that season, right? we didn't really see the obstacles that we had in 93. Yeah. You know, that was a lot of obstacles. You know, it was Joe's first year, Marcus's first year. We're still feeling each other out. Just put in the West Coast offense. Right. And we, you know, we win, win in overtime. We crazy game in Houston. And then, and then, and then we just, we lost Joe in the AFC championship game and, you know, he got his concussion and, and that was it. Right. Yeah. We, whatever the final was, I don't remember 17, three or six or something yeah, like that. But sad, lame. But, but yeah, so, but, but I think, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to say that and it sounds probably sounds counterintuitive, but I think we were closer to the Super Bowl in 95, given the fact that we had home field throughout and it just was, things were just really falling into place and, yeah. And then, bam! You know that 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 Colts loss. Oh my God! It was just like that was a crusher. Yeah. I mean, to to think that we you know we could have had the AFC Championship game back then at Arrowhead would have been fantastic. So I think you know I think there's a lot of things that go into the playoff runs and momentum and who you're playing, and that's why I'm just kind of closing the loop on my comment of a lot of things happened to yeah. really give the chiefs the best, like you, and I'm going to steal your term to give the chiefs the best chance for success and, and to win this thing. And I'm just glad the way it worked out, obviously, because we got the result we needed and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it all happened, but man, it was a, that's a crazy run. I think it was a great yeah. season in general, being just being an NFL fan. I think yeah. it was a great season for the NFL. It's great to see the AFC continue to dominate. Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I always like to play out those like scenarios, like who, you know, who, if somebody else would have made it, you know, to the Super Bowl, who would have beat whom? And, right. you know, I, I think, I, I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a lot of other AFC teams that could have, could have beaten the 49ers. I think, oh, I think they were we tough. were the team that, that needed tough. to play them. They were whooping us, think, I mean, they were whooping us for the better part of three quarters, man. It was, well, it was yeah, not, I mean, you know, it was not pretty. Yeah. Speaking of Boza, you know, you were talking about how, you know, he and, and Eric are trash talking and everything. I mean, in, in, in all, with all due respect, I think, Jeff Fedotin, you know, my, my believe in podcast yeah. partner, um, we were texting during the game and we kind of were joking around that like, if the game ended at the end of the third quarter, who would the MVP be? And I think they had had to give it to the whole defensive line yeah. of, of the 49ers. And then what Andy and Eric Bienemy did is they figured out, and, and I kind of made this comment is that they figured out, you know, getting Patrick into the voids of the rush Yeah, and, and the running game obviously too slowed them down. Right? right. And I think and I think our offensive line ultimately just wore them out. But, there, you know, and I don't think it was anything I don't think it was anything we were doing, you know, in our pass protection or it wasn't that our offensive line was playing a bad game. No, I just think the style of our offense lends itself to defensive lines being able to to shine based on, you know, where Patrick is, is setting up and right. some of the time it takes him to get the ball out because, you know, he is a quarterback first. I mean, he ran the ball yeah. really well in the Super Bowl and, and, and a lot in the playoffs, but you know, he's a quarterback first. Yeah. And, and that's what I love about him. Cause he's not just a, he's not just a running back who, who plays quarterback. No, you know, he's not, not just an athlete. No, no, no. Who plays he is a he's looking to throw back. the ball. He's looking to throw the ball. Yeah. And if he's it's an just not there and you leave him a gigantic lane because you're so worried about his cannon, which is, it, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he'll he'll take advantage of that, but he's not exactly. looking for it. Um, I, I 
I totally agree with you on the line points. We talked about that earlier as well with Ryan. And it was, it's not even, I respected the fact that our line didn't, they didn't give up a lot of single individual penetration. It was just, right. it was just the can's going to crumple and it's going to crumple a lot faster than usual. The pocket's going to yeah. be there for a one and a half seconds and that's it. So yeah. people that were calling for like, where were those deep passes earlier in the game? There's no time. It takes a second. It takes a yeah. second to get off the line and it takes a second to get open. And if you don't have that ne- next half a second, it's a swing yeah. or it's a slant or it's something quick to get the ball out so you don't take a sack every down. And like you said, it was, I don't think it was anything that – it wasn't any particular um, um, style or, or scheme or stunt or thing that the, the Niners did. It's just they had that pressure and pressure and pressure and yeah. giving their all and giving their all. And our O-line – and our D-line, conversely, wasn't getting to Garoppolo. And right. just, I don't want to get on it big time, but people talking about penalties now after the – there was only four penalties on each team until that fifth penalty by the Niners where Emmanuel Sanders jumped off sides late in yeah. the game. And that was it, five and four. It was a very well-called game. I thought there was I thought both so. quarterbacks got hit play. in the mask. They let them play. It wasn't egregious. They were letting you play. People complained about the push-off. They didn't call the first push-off. The second push-off by Kill. He did two at once. And it was the second extension of the arm. The rest like, I got. I can't let you. Yeah. You can't do that, dude. It's just yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, but that line just kept coming 100% at our O-line. And our D-line kept grinding. Our O-line and D-line, they just kept chopping wood. They kept chopping mm-hmm. wood, trust the system, keep chopping, keep chopping, keep chopping. And I think it came down. I, I'm not saying that they're not phenomenal athletes. I think the Chiefs were a little better conditioned. And Absolutely. mentally, when things got rough, they were more. They had more mental intestinal fortitude because yep. we had Patrick back there. Yep. When we you started getting to Jimmy, right his, his QB rating went in the toilet when we started getting to him. Yeah. When they were yeah. getting to Patrick, yeah. Patrick's like, whatever. Like, I make these joke memes yeah. and I send them out. And it's the somebody made this picture of Patrick with a cigarette in his mouth and one behind his ear, like a 70s quarterback. <laughs> I, I posted one after the after the Super Bowl, and I was just like, taking sacks, throwing picks, pick up sticks, doesn't matter. Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. That's his yeah. mentality. He's got the mentality of a cornerback playing QB. Yeah. He forgets the last play. I don't yeah. care if we scored a touchdown, I'll celebrate it, and then it's over. We still got work yep. to do. I throw a pick. Doesn't matter. Next drive. And yep. I'm like, that is, that's not common. That's like no, Joe no. air. That's like Marino. There's certain quarterbacks that can do it. Even Marino, I will say was less of that because he would scream at guys a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was, mean, the, the, yeah. those, there's a very few leaders that have that ability to just compartmentalize what just happened. Forget about it. Move on. I don't care if it was great or if it was Tom Brady. I mean, he's had a few shouting things, but for the most part, it's about not letting it get too high, not letting it get too low. The guy was yeah, great, I, and it makes me excited about Patrick because as great as Tom was, um, I came up with the analogy yesterday. I realized if you're going to make an amalgam of two quarterbacks, he's kind of got the athletic ability. Patrick has the athletic ability of Brett Favre, but the stableness of Tom when things are tough and when things are good. It's kind of like yeah. just keep this through. Get excited when you do something good. Get frustrated for yeah. a second when it goes bad, but come right back to center. Yeah. And at twenty four, man, we are like uh, we're at the yeah. we're at the doorstep of what could be happening. Yeah, uh, it's it's unbelievable to see and think about what his future is going to look like. And you know, Danilo, that was absolutely you stole the words right out of my mouth. I it was the fact that the 49ers D line got gassed because yeah. I think those I think both defensive lines played a very similar game up until that point. Mm-hmm. And and it was funny because I on Sunday 
the Sunday before the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl Sunday, we, my college, uh, had our uh, players banquet, right? So right. I went back and, um, you know, to Penn and to visit with coaches and friends and things and go to the banquet. And I ran into Brandon Copeland, who is an alum. He's a, he's a rush end uh, for the New York Jets. Yeah. And uh, he's a fantastic kid. He just won, he won the, the NFL Players Association uh, Community Servant of the Year. He's a fantastic guy. He's a, he's a college professor. He, he's, he's, he runs real estate business all while he's playing. He's a fantastic kid. Nice. I, kid, I call him a kid, right? Uh, but he's, he's an unbelievable young man. And so he was there. And I said, I, oh, here's my opportunity, right? Talk, to talk to an active player who has no, no real skin in the game, right? He doesn't, right. you know, he's, he's a jet, right? So, yeah, yeah. so, so I went up to him and I said, Brandon, I said, what's going on? So we started chatting and, and I said, look, Brandon, I got to ask you a question. I know everybody wants to talk to you. I said, I never played with a quarterback or, or watched a quarterback live on the field like a Pat Mahomes. Like I, I, you know, I was, I came from the dropback era, right. Yeah, yeah. Just to name a few, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, you mentioned John Elway, mm-hmm. you know, Randall Cunningham might have, may have been one of those players that was like yeah, yeah. in that mold where Randall was a dropback quarterback first and then he could run. He was a great athlete. So maybe he, eh, he's in that school a little bit or in that camp, right. but never did I really play against or with a, a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. And I said, Brandon, tell me, how do you rush a guy like that? Like, what do they teach you when you're playing against a guy like that? And he goes, well, Joe, here's the thing. You don't you rush don't. him. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, what does that mean? He said, he said, well, you, 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 it's almost like you, you can't. He's, he's got such athletic ability in the pocket and he has such vision. It's like, it's, it's like you got to play basketball with the guy for crying out loud. You got to mirror him. And, and, and what Brandon said that I thought was a great comment we were chatting about is that is very tiring. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> as tired as Derek Thomas used to get in the way that he, in the style he rushed, we all know what his style was. It was beeline to the, to the straight drop back quarterback. Like, yeah. you know, you know, aim for eight yards with, behind the line of scrimmage. Yes. With yeah. all due respect to the amount of sacks that Derek had, it, it, he did it in an era and all those rush ends did it in an era where, you know, it was shotgun five step drop seven step drop guys are going to be right where you put the, like we used to practice when's the last time you saw a seven step drop in this league when's the last time you saw a seven step if you're going to call a seven step drop play just go with shotgun it's there's yeah. no time for that <laughs> yeah so, no time. so 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 like so like again not obviously taking anything away from that era yeah. of rush end the Derek thomas's the lawrence taylor's you know the red whites and yeah. all those guys different era and and when when you like when we used to practice one-on-one pass protection we, we had this grid that we would paint, they would paint on the field and it was, right. it was your alignment. So there'd be the center, they would have these white lines that the guards would stand between. And then the white lines that the tackles would stand between. And then they would paint the, the, it, it almost looked like, um, like a, like the three point line of, a, of an NBA basketball. Okay. Right. So it, it gave you the alignment and then it gave you the rush track. And then they would literally put a dummy on a square that was painted yep. on the field. Yep. Seven, you know, seven step drop back. And, and that's how, that's how the defensive line practiced Aim for that. Yeah. So they kind of like, they knew where they were going. <clears throat> right. So as tiring as that can be, it's actually not as tiring as, and mentally exhausting as where is this kid going to be? Is he, if I go, if I rush like a Derek Thomas, yep. which is what, how the Bosa kind of, that's his classic rush style. Yeah. Dip the shoulder, get small, use your speed, strength, get up, yeah. get under the tackle and get to the quarterback. Guards, what are your bull rush, you know, or the defensive tackles, bull rush the guard, collapse the pocket, 
you know, you know what you're doing. Yeah. When you do that against Pat Mahomes, he is going to find the void in wherever that rush, wherever the pocket breaks down yeah. for the defense. And he's going to step up into it and he's going to make a quarterback throw. That is exhausting. Yeah, for a defensive for a defensive lineman because they have no idea where he's going to be, and if they rush too hard to the outside, he just steps on up. If they rush too hard up the middle, he steps on out. Yeah, and he is going to find because he has such incredible vision, probably vision that I've never seen from a quarterback. He just has that vision, and he finds it, and he and it's exhausting. And I think that's he because my 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 whole thing going into this game was not, and this is going to like another one of my sort of I call them my counterintuitive observations. Right, like everybody said, what do you think the big matchup is? What 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 matchup on the O line D line is really going to get you? I said, I got to be honest. I said. I don't think the matchup is is between, you know, Nick Bosa and Eric Fisher or Nick Bosa and Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz. I think the matchup is Patrick Mahomes against the defensive line. Yeah. Not that not that there isn't going to be a lot of individual hand fighting and battling and sure. biting and scratching going on in in the box or in the closet I call it. But it's really Pat against the defensive line, not so much the offensive line against the defensive line. And yeah. I said, that's the matchup you need to watch. And I think that's what Patrick did. He chipped away at that throughout the game. And I think by the time he got to the fourth quarter, which really, again, to know, let's, let's stop talking about it being the fourth quarter. It was really seven the or eight minutes. Seven minutes. Like people <laughs> yeah. say, Oh, yeah. the chiefs won it in the yeah. fourth quarter. I'm like, well, the fourth quarter was kind of halfway over before they got things going. The chiefs threw so a like, pick with 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, <laughs> come on. So, you, so that's, Most teams, it, that's a death knell. You're done. You're down 10. Oh, you yeah, just gave yeah, the ball did. up. Your energy's going to suck out. You go to the sideline. What's Patrick going? Come on, let's stand over. Let's do something special. Get out there and do something special. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. shouldn't you be upset yeah. at yourself right now? Yeah. No, he already forgot. Yeah. He forgot he on did. the way to the sideline. <laughs> yeah, Dandy Don, for all you old heads out there, that's, that's the time in the game on Monday Night Football where Dandy Don Meredith was singing, turn out the lights, the party's over. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. What, you know. And, and I'm telling you, it was, it was a thing of beauty, but, but Patrick found that he found his voids, bam. And once he took advantage of it and he, the D line was gassed, he found it and he, he took advantage of it. And that's why he's so good. That's why he's so good. We, and, we and, and I touched on this last week too, because we were talking about that and we're, we're seeing, and it just the way you're saying it now made me even think one step further. We talked about his ability to manipulate it's like you guys just block, do your job, O line, and I will manipulate your position against their approach, their rush approach, and give myself another extra couple seconds by shading left or shading right or step. He doesn't just step up to avoid the rush. He'll move sideways to make guys have to run an extra two steps to get to him. No one he's gonna take yeah. a shot, but he can still throw it sixty yards. But the other thing I had to think about when I was thinking about that just now is you th- how much of that do you think he does innately by sense? Because his eyes are downfield. He's not looking. To- Most quarterbacks are doomed when they lower their eyes to see the rush. It's over. Because that half second you look down, you don't have time to look back up again and find your receivers again. It's done. He never takes his eyes off the guys downfield, but he moves around like he's got an eye in the middle of his chest watching the pass rushers. It's yeah, crazy. I think a lot of it has. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's an athlete. I think you look back at yeah. at, at, at some of the things that he's been espousing. Right, uh, play multiple sports in high school. You know, make yourself yeah. a well-rounded athlete. You know, you see, he was a dominant baseball player. He yeah. throws off his back foot like a baseball player. Really good he, basketball he player. <laughs> played basketball. He can move his feet. He yeah. can shuffle without connecting his ankles together. I mean, you know, he has all of those 
skills out there that you see from an athlete. And I, I you know, if, if there's anything that any of us have learned, you know, as people who are, are dealing with young athletes, it's like watching a player like that. Look, if you're going to make it to the NFL, you're going to make it right. If yeah. you're going to, yeah. if somebody's going to do it, they're going to do it. And, and do you increase your odds by like being just focusing just on one sport? I don't know. There's a lot of players out there right now that are, that are saying the counter to that. And, and I think mm-hmm. you're right. That that's, when you watch him, the way that he moves, he moves like an athlete, not like a football player. No, and, and it's like, well, that, that, that evasion in the pocket in the snow game in Denver, when he threw the two-pointer to Watkins, he moved yeah. up sideways, backwards, turned around, looked back over his shoulder uh, towards to his own if, end zone to see yep. who's back there and yeah. slipped Vaughn Miller to zip that into Sammy Watkins. I mean – most quarterbacks, if you look around that much, it's you're done. You're going to get in panic yeah. mode. You're not going to find yeah. the field again. And that's, well, I think, what we're talking about is the reason why, as much as you were saying watching games in a vacuum can give you a different opinion, and, you know, maybe we would have given it to Damian Williams. And I was, to be to let you know, I, when we got to the fourth quarter, I couldn't listen to Aikman and Buck anymore. No offense, guys. You guys are great commentators. But it just was like this in-the-can mentality of like, oh, here we go. It's like I turned it off. I put my yeah. headphones in and I listened to Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. And yeah. I was like, let's go. Just, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to shut out all the noise, just play football. And I really was, that last couple of drives, I was really like, there's your MVP. Damian Williams is just going crazy. And then I pulled myself back and I watched the game again after, in it, you know, knowing what happens, watching everything that takes yeah. place. And I realized, as great as Damian did play, that last seven or eight minutes, that doesn't happen, but with maybe three I- or four quarterbacks over the last 40 years. Right. If Patrick's no, not right. there, yeah. there's no win. There's no comeback. We might lose by less. We might throw yeah. another interception for a touchdown, lose by more than 10. But there's no comeback. Yeah. And that's, that's why he's point. the MVP. Because yeah. without him, yeah. it doesn't, agree. like you said, it doesn't happen without Patrick. Yeah, agree. That's a very, very astute comment that there's not a lot of quarterbacks could have done that from the last 40 years. And it's just, you know. It just speaks of of athleticism, and 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 that's what happens in basketball, right? You have to be able to make those those looks in basketball. You have to you know see the you have to see the big picture when you're dealing in a small little environment like a basketball yeah. court, and you got five players jammed into a tiny little court. You know you got to be able to have that kind of vision. Um, yeah. You know when you're handling the ball, when you're passing, when you're looking, when you're trying to beat a zone defense or beat the man to man and do the backdoor cuts and all that stuff that you do in basketball. And 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 mm-hmm. I think it's it's. You know, for for a position like that, I think it's you know it definitely has has helped him um, pull it all together because he is truly he is truly an athlete um, in in the pocket. He's an athlete on the field, and you know I saw that one run where he you know he just like he just he just looked somebody off and just made them stop in their tracks because of his a look that he gave that not a lot of even like running backs don't have some yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know well the goal line like the like, touchdown against against Jukuski Tart. He shook him twice. Yeah. <laughs> and just it was just like he's like, if I don't go outside, he's just gonna pitch it to Damian Williams and it's a touchdown. I gotta contain, yeah. I gotta hope somebody nope, he's in. It's like, well then and then and you know, then there's just you know, there are just players who it's almost like I always joke about it like and try to use this analogy. I always try to use analogies and like I'm a big like National Geographic fan. Yeah, okay. I'm watching like I love watching shows on animals and sure and, and like things like, you know, Animal Planet and Blue Planet and all it's those things. Stuff. Yeah. It, it makes me think about like if you've ever if you've ever seen they, what they try to do is they like they try to recreate what it's like to be like a fly. Yeah. And because people are like, why can't I kill flies? Like why can't, you know, their metabolisms are so high that yeah. like 
they, they try to recreate it. Now, granted, they're they're trying to they're making some assumptions, but like you know, they'll 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 put you inside of a fly's eyes and they'll show you how slow things happen for flies. Right. And 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 I think, and this is it's a crazy trying to connect sure, sure. dots on this one, right? People are like, what <laughs> right. the hell is talking? I have about? a dot to connect like, with I it think after. There are just <laughs> there are just some athletes yeah. that see things like that. Uh-huh. They see things that are slow. It's just they see things in a slow environment. And it definitely wasn't me because it, yeah, yeah. it was actually it was actually the reverse for me because coming from playing, you know, not Division One A football, mm-hmm. when I got to the NFL, things were happening way too fast. Like yeah, I was yeah. not used to the speed and size of the Derek Thomases and the Neil Smiths of the yeah, world. Yeah. I just didn't – I never played against players He like shouldn't that. move that fast. That guy shouldn't move that quick. He shouldn't be yeah. that strong for a small guy. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> World's upside but there down. Are play, there yeah. are athletes out there that just see things happen more slowly. Mm-hmm. And there is – I don't, I don't want to call – no, I'm no biologist or neuroscientist or anything. But it's almost like it's, it's like their meta, it's like their metabolism or whatever. Something is so – their processing speed is so high that they see things happening a lot more slowly than the rest of us. Yeah. And it's almost as if they're playing in the matrix, right? Where yeah. things are in, Bullet for them time. it's slow motion for, <laughs> for me and you, it's full speed, yep. but for them, it's almost like it's slow motion. And, and I think, he, I think some people just have that innate, innate ability, even if it's just one step, one yeah. step, it's, it's all it takes. And, and I think he has that. It's just, just watching the way he plays. He has that kind of, um, you know, let's call it for lack of better terms, metabolism, okay. uh, sports metabolism. Right, that right. He just, things just happen, you know, more slowly for him, I even though it's, it's really going. I think speed. it's a mental processing motor. I think like when I played, mm-hmm. I knew, I saw guys like when I walked on Syracuse, like Donovan had that and Marvin Harrison had that in spades and then going there and then going back and playing semi-pro after I would get it like breaking the line of scrimmage. I would get it in like small doses of like, mm-hmm. oh, this could be a two yard run, and then all of a sudden three guys would like kind of just lock into a position. I'd see, oh, there's a lane there, a lane there, and if I shake him, there's seven more yards to be had before yeah. the safety gets in the play. And it, it's really weird. It's like this: the sound goes off. There's no sound. I don't hear anybody cheering. I don't hear anybody right. saying anything on the field unless it's somebody directing something at me. My brain lets it in. It's really weird. But yeah. to have this every day, all day, like these guys have, that's like otherworldly kind of yeah. things. And um, going back to what you're talking about with the mirroring, how do you mirror a guy like that? Because here's the thing. You're mirroring Patrick. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. And then he Magic Johnsons it as you're running right and throws it across yeah. his body left while he's staring <laughs> you right in the eyes. Right. Like, I'm right. about to screw you right now. Yeah. Boom. And there's nothing you can do. You did everything right. And he just he, he just does. rewrote the universe and the rules of physics and football, and you just yeah. you're like left there holding the bag, and it's like that that pass to Tyree Kill that people are talking about. Skip Bayless is calling it a punt. The ball was in the air for less than oh, two come and on. Ha- less was, than two I and a half that. seconds. I saw his comment that, on that Twitter. ball was, was less than two and a half seconds in the air. If that was a punt, that's the kind of punt that gets returned for a touchdown because there's no yeah. chance for coverage teams. There's no DB making making up that ground, and and Dan Orlovsky did a really good uh, breakdown of the play. And at one point he freezes it, and the one thing he didn't mention was he froze it, and the DB's feet were facing left, and Tyreek Hill's feet had just switched to the outside of the field, and mm-hmm. there still was about six or seven yards between them. I was never anywhere near as fast as that human being. Most guys in the league are nowhere near as fast as Tyreek Hill, but even a guy who ran like a four six, when your feet are like that and you know where you're going as a receiver, it's over. It's already over. 
Yeah. Now, uh, the difference is I get 12 yards, Tyreek Hill gets 60. <laughs> <laughs> but right. once you get the DB turned on a lazy Susan like that, you yeah. won. It's, it's just because you it's, it's, you've got a quarterback that's going to put the ball in there. In yeah, because the guy that's throwing it adds the I, I he mean, adds the sauce right, just, to and the then recipe. The, I'm yeah. watching the game, watching the game, and um, seeing the, the defense line up, and Sherman is over top of Watkins on the bottom of the screen. I'm like, oh, boy. oh, there's there's a big game before they even snap the ball. I'm always like, oh, he can't cover him. And right. as good as he is wisdom wise, that doesn't make you faster when you get old. I'm sorry, it, it just sucks. It. it sucks when yeah. your knowledge comes and your ability goes down. I would have loved to have been on the sidelines. I'm trying to think. Okay, let, let me. I, see, I can't remember this now. Go ahead. Were 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 they lined up on our sidelines or the Niners sidelines? Do you remember? Is that is that something that we even would have noticed? Um, bu- 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 I don't know which end they were going into. But just let's imagine they were on the on the Chiefs. Could you imagine how many players must have been like yelling at Coach Bieniemy or to Coach Reed, like? Dude, look at this! Like, please, or just not, just not saying anything, but having saucer eyes, like going, "Oh, here it comes!" (laughs) Yeah, like I mean, I can only imagine what that would have looked like seeing those guys because the the entire rest of the field was, you know. And hey, I'm going to give that credit to you know these these coaches spend days and days and days and days and days on these plans, and I'm sure at some point Andy and 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 Eric were keeping that. That formation, or so, they were waiting yeah. for that moment. Yep. They had to have been right, and and just to know that all right, we gotta let's set because everything's a setup. Yes. Right? everything's yep. a chess game. Everything is the it's the it's not the play. Coaches are not calling the play on the field at that moment. They're calling one, two, three, yeah. five plays down the field, and they're thinking about you know what matchups they can get. And yeah. I know that had to have been going through their mind is how do we get that matchup? I think it would have been too obvious if it would have been Tyreek. Yeah, you know. Um, well, the one, the to, one to Tyreek, the one that he got the big gain on, he'd run. They've run the exact same formation like three or four times earlier in the game, three times I think mm-hmm. earlier, and every time he ran a hook, 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 and then he made that yeah. move to the inside, and then nope, I'm going this and, way. And all and it takes all is those takes. guys to slide in to help yep. on this side, and this guy turns his feet and he's just running yeah. to the sideline. And they get in a groove. They're humans, yeah. you know. They're human beings. They get in a groove. Okay, if he's lines, if this is the formation, he's running a hook. If he runs, yeah. from and then it's like Pavlov's dog, right? You're just like, okay, okay, okay. You know, here's the reward. Here's the reward, and then bam, you run something different. And yeah, you're right. They catch him flat footed. So I love that's like my probably the my head favorite games. part of games the is me- the chess the mental games. Like, I love yeah. the physical battles. I know it's a football is a sure. physical mental. Uh, on the field, you know, kind of like violent, you know, game and everything. Sure. And that's all fun. But my favorite part of the game is the chess match between the coaches and, and, and the, the setups, the, you know, the play calling, the formations, the style and how it all, you know, how you try to match it all up. Um, and I think I got to give coach bags a just ton of credit for taking a team in his first year as D coordinator um, because you know that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to know. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks, oh, well, you're a professional coach, and these are professional players. There's so Doesn't much chemistry like that. that you have oh, to yeah. build as the coach, and so much trust and confidence you have to gain in your players that you're putting them in the right spots. And he has to and, learn his players. Yeah. Look how long it took him to realize, okay, we are by far a better team against the run with Reggie Ragland and Mike Pinnell on the field. For, they didn't even have Mike Pinnell to begin with. He came in later right. in the season. But then they got Mike Pinnell, and I'm going down to Tennessee to watch the game, and I look at the inactives, and Mike Pinnell's not playing, and I'm like, wait, that guy we just got that plugs the run is not going to be playing yeah. against Derrick Henry? That could be bad. Yeah. It ended up hurting us a lot. Reggie had like, he played 20% of the snaps. I'm like, just forget about what Reggie can't do and focus on what he does great. 
yeah. let him get out there. And oh, by the way, he comes from Alabama and he's used to winning, so he has a winner's yeah. mentality. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. he's he has no quit in him at all. Yeah. And and our run game, our run defense just became so much better. Unbelievable. I think if, if there was anything, you know, obviously it's the two run games, both sides of the ball that I think had, you know, you give them the uh, most improved player awards, right? Is is to those, yeah. you know, uh, going back to that whole banquet mentality, right? And the awards that usually give out of banquets, most improved player, most valuable player, like most improved goes to the run games on both yeah. sides of the ball. I mean, where they started and where they finished and how fearful, fearful we were, you know, when, when, when you saw games, you know, when Josh Jacobs and, yep. you know, what teams were doing and, and, and opening up games early with, you know, some gashing runs and things like that. So, you know, I know that was a concern early on, you know, hey, look, it took Coach Bag some time to get to, like you said, get to know his players, know who personnel to be on the field. How do you stop these players? I mean, it, it, and it all came together against Eric Henry, right? I mean, that, yeah. and I think that gave the Chiefs the ultimate confidence going into the Super Bowl with with the three headed monster of of the 49ers run game. Yeah, um, you know the ability. To look, look, guys, we stopped the best. We yeah. stopped the best of the best. Yeah. Who, by the way, got the best of us in 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 the game at their place? We're not letting that happen yep. at our place. And and Coach Bags built that up to that point, and bam, that defense just stepped up against the Titans, and I think that gave them the confidence. Like, all right, come on, we got this. Like, yeah. You know, throw, I, what are you going to throw at us now? I put, and it had to be it had to be scary. <laughs> that had to be like the thing that threw the wrench into the 49ers game plan the most. You know, the coaches, you know, coaches coaches get working on game plans like literally on the plane ride back from yeah. games. I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember sure. watching the good ones you know, too. Yeah like offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators that I was, you know, had the pleasure of being around, you know, when I was playing, you know, the Dave Adolph's defense, Gunther right. Cunningham, you know, Bill Cowher, uh, you know, peace, go Gunther. back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I go back to the offensive coordinators, you know, Joe Pendry, Paul Hackett. Like I am not kidding you. Those guys on the plane ride back are going, okay, what, what did we do wrong in this game? And okay, we're playing. You know, we just we just beat the Chargers, and we're playing the Raiders this Sunday. All right, what defense do they run? What are we going to run against them? Like they were already starting. Well, Joe, nowadays they're already on the surface. They're on the Microsoft Surface watching. Yeah. footage, yeah, game film crazy. of the other so, team, breaking down the game film of the game they just played. It's like it's yeah. so instantaneous now. So you know that you know that that the Forty Nineers um, defensive or offensive uh, staff. On, 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 when they when they realized that you know that that it was you know the Chiefs they were playing in the Super Bowl, they started thinking about you know, oh my God they're watching you know they're watching like you said on the surface on the plane ride back because those films are available almost instantaneously through yeah. you know through the NFL's website that you know the coaches have access to, that they're watching you know they're watching that film and going oh my God we you know. Maybe, 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 and I'm just making this up, but maybe the, for the two weeks before, thinking, okay, if we play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, we can, we can, you know, we can run, we can on, run on the ball. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're watching the game, filming the Titans, going, "Oh my God, that was Derrick Henry." Yeah. Like that wasn't yeah. <laughs> that wasn't like yeah. a backup. That wasn't a hurt Mark Ingram. Yeah. Like that was a healthy. Yep. I am rolling right now. Yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry. I'm getting almost 200 yards a game. Yeah. Three hundred and eighty yard games in a row, and they're watching, and they're they had to have been scratching their heads. Watching that film and going, all right, guy, what are we going to do now? Because I thought we were going to run the ball against this team. Now, yeah. now we got to we got to hang our hat on Jimmy, and or we're going to have to go with a balanced attack. I, look, I don't I don't know for sure, but that's why you have these shows is to get to talk about this stuff and make people think. I have to think that it put a wrench into their plan, and they said, oh god, now what? 
Well, I was on the West Coast for the last 18 years in California. So this was the first year in a long time. I grew up on the East Coast, but it was the first year in a long time I had to get ready for the Super Bowl with a lot more time to kill, a lot more time to think about it. And it's our team in it. So now there's that extra pressure in my brain. I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'm enjoying myself today. I'm going to take my daughter to the zoo. She hasn't been to the zoo nice. in this town before. Let's go to the zoo. We're going to have, no matter what happens, we're going to have a fun day, a special day. And if you know, my team wins the Super Bowl, that's just gravy on top. So we went to the, went to the zoo and I got a couple pictures and I posted a tweet before the game for all the people that are saying that they're going to run all over us. And I took a picture of a rhino and I put the rhino. I said, the rhino is the Titans run game. Yeah. And I had a picture of two <laughs> wild boars. I said, these boars are the 49ers run game. Relax. Our defense has got this. Awesome and now that's their, awesome. Their biggest runs were Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a stud now. Whoa, that kid like reminds me of Juju Smith Schuster a lot. Like he's Ooh. and I, and I mean as great a game as he had. And I he's one guy I did feel f- sorry for at the end of the game because he was really upset and beside himself. And I'm like, dude, you did more than everything you could to try to. Now the fact that you know he's the one that got picked. That pick by Fuller, dude. That's got to be one yeah. of the best interceptions in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He jumped yeah. up. Reached over top of the guy and pulled the ball, yeah. got his hands right in front of his hands and yanked it out. And yeah. that was all based on he dropped one in the drive before. He's like, no, no, yeah. I'm getting the next one I get my hands on. And yeah. he did. Yeah. And I mean, where's I think that? he was, you know, I think he's he's also a candidate, you know. The the 49ers pulled that thing out. I think he he's he's definitely a candidate for the MVP. Yeah. Him uh, and Bosa might have been co-candidates. Because yeah, Bosa was giving us but a headache for I thought a minute. That Samuel, man, I was super, super impressed. Yeah. Super impressed. And he seems like he's got a good attitude. Yeah. You know, he seems like he's got, he's a team player. The dude runs um, like a running back when he's got the ball in his hands. He's yeah, looking to really hit, like he's looking really to like cause him. pain. <laughs> it's impressive. But yeah. here we are. We won. It's in the books. The last tweet I posted was, uh, I said, the ifs and buts and the, did the Chiefs win it or did the 49ers blow it? All those debates are going to start now. Yeah. But Chiefs Kingdom, you can rest easy and smile knowing. And I said, you know what? I'll let Steve Young tell you. Every guy in here, every guy in here made a commitment. You know you did. There were times when it was dark. It was really dark. We turned back in each other's face and committed to each other. You knew we had to do it this way. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Is it not? Everyone in this room made a commitment. And we're there. And no one can ever, ever take it away from us. Ever. That's how I feel. And I think that's how every Chiefs Kingdom fan feels. Yeah. And every former Chiefs player, it's like, there's no more free agency. Oh, nobody wants to go to the Chiefs. Who wants to play for the Chiefs? They can't win. No, no. This is like the place to be now. Yeah. Especially for Absolutely. the next like nine or ten years. Because this kid's young. And this has yeah. got a they've got a great first of all, like the brass and the ownership, everything's been a class act for a long time. Always. And they yeah. and they just start they just the do things right. And now they're showing that, hey, you can do things right and you can win it all. Yep. What's absolutely. more attractive than that? Not, there's nothing. I think it's, a, it's, a, it's the perfect organization. It really is. I think they do it all right. I love the Hunt family. Huge special place in my heart for them. Um, and, and I would be remiss, Danilo, if I didn't say, thanks for having me on, champ. Hey, you got it, champ. It right, it's a pleasure to have it right you back on. to you, champ. I look forward to talking to you again, champ, when we, uh, when we look at the, uh, the draft and maybe – I don't know if you'll be available uh, pre-combine. That's in like the end of this month. 
Um, Anytime, champ. Yeah, well, I'd love to talk. I uh, love talking combine. I love it because oh. it, it was to me it was a fascinating, and and I know it hasn't changed a whole lot other than now it's televised, which yeah. ooh, that adds a little bit of pressure for these sure you know twenty twenty one twenty two year old kids. Well, hey, get uh, used to it because that's going to be your job. You're going to be on yeah. TV doing your job every week. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I love talking combine. I love it. Yeah. I, I love it's 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 fascinating. It's a fascinating psychological, physical, mental, you name it roller coaster ride um and yeah. just to give i'd love to join you and give people an insight into that uh just craziness that goes on at that you know with just what these kids are trying to accomplish and what it really means um there's so many things to talk about so anytime champ yeah well it's nice to go into this combine season knowing we are that team that has no pressing specific needs so much as just get better yeah. All around. Yeah. Best player available absolutely stands for this team this year. Yeah. Best player available. If a great linebacker or a cornerback slips to us, that's awesome because those are probably a little more pressing positions. It kind of cracks me up because right now a lot of the prognosticators are talking about edge rushers and tackles. I'm like, do you know who's on our roster? Do yeah. you understand who's on our team already? That's not the position of need at all. I mean, O-line, linebacker, corner, just for depth even. Corner, if we can find a, a star kid, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But this, we're, we're, we won the Super Bowl, man. And it wasn't by a gimmick or a gaffe. Oh, it was no. by just a, being a great, solid team from top to bottom, being blessed and lucky enough to have great health at the right time. Yeah. And one yeah. of the best coaches, future Hall of Fame coach, Andy Reid. People, yeah. get that. No doubt. Get those words of, yeah, yeah. but out get of your mouth. Get the gold jacket ready. The yeah, but is ready. gone now. It's going to be just, a big one, but get the oh, gold jacket ready. It's going to be a big jacket, extra, yeah. <laughs> extra material for, for Coach Reed's double cheeseburger, but he's right. so deserving. As long as the double cheeseburger comes with back-to-back Super Bowls, I'll buy him that cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe. We'll talk to you again soon, hey, brother. It's a pleasure to have you absolutely on. Absolutely, Dino. Have a great one. Thanks for having me on, champ. Take care, champ. Welcome back, Cheese Kingdom. My next guest today is Ms. Hong Forrest. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about the experience of being down in Miami because she had that pleasure. And the first thing I wanted to do was play a little soundbite for y'all. This was the first thing at the beginning of the game that made me feel like Chiefs Kingdom is in the house. We got this. I'm just going to play the last little bit of the National Anthem. Um, <laughs> oh, I my think, gosh. I think there's a resounding yes. The Chiefs are in the building. Chiefs fandom, apparently from people on the ground at the stadium, uh, if you take out the 15 to 20% of people that are there just because they have money and because they want to be at a big event and yada, yada, if you take that other group and chop that group up, it was about 70, 30, 80, 20, or somewhere in that region, it felt like to those people that it was Chief fans representing on mass and it's no surprise to me and i'm going to say hello to my next guest i'm going to say what i say to every chiefs fan for the rest of this year our new nickname what's up champ what's up champ yeah (laughs) (laughs) how are you oh my gosh i am fantastic i'm still floating on cloud nine it's an incredible feeling. I find myself pinching myself all the time, wiping these tears from my eyes that suddenly occur. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. It feels incredible. 
It is. It's it's a, a once in a lifetime thing for me so far. I hope it's more than once. Andy and Tyreek seem to think they're going back to back. I love the fact that they've come out confident. People saying cocky. I'm like, are we supposed to be apologizing for winning finally? We've been so close, so many <laughs> times, and not gotten there. And now we're back, and we're big and strong and fast. And our quarterback is 24. Oh. How great is that? It is so great. And I love the confidence because I think that that's really important. We want to do this more than this one this time, don't we? I mean, absolutely we do. So them coming out with that sort of arrogance, that hype, I'm okay with it. Yeah, that that national anthem, it was reminiscent of when I went to the Tennessee game. It was That's what it was like. I, I literally was walking around. I've mentioned this before in the show. I was walking around the, the base of the, the, the stadium, a um, little bit behind walking over. It was a bit of a walk from where I parked. And... Um, the national anthem started before I got to my seat, so I stopped like a good former soldier, and I put my hat on my chest and hand on my heart, and they were singing the national anthem. And I was like, I wonder if Cheese Kingdom's going <laughs> to. There we are. There we are. I love it, and I love the people who were surprised by this because they obviously don't know Cheese Kingdom. Yeah. Never been to Arrowhead right? or any game where yeah. we've had a good contingency and uh they it was so surprising they were so shocked and it's like come to arrowhead baby <laughs> yeah and uh, uh madden uh engineers and and uh programmers if you're out there listening to this next season's version of madden football you need to include the national anthem at the beginning of games as an option for teams to watch that part and include that chiefs roar because they're the super bowl champs and they deserve that yes how cool is it to have our mvp the the day he ceases and desists being the MVP, immediately become an MVP again. It is incredible. <laughs> I mean, who who does that? Patrick Mahomes. That's who. Absolutely incredible. And you know what's so funny? Um, maybe I mean, funny for some, but whatnot. But it's just so interesting. You know, we we were so in the in the mix of Super Bowl that congratulations to Lamar. Absolutely. But it's just that we were so in the mix of everything Super Bowl that yeah. all these other Super Bowl that all these other things did not even what, what else was happening <laughs> for me? Nothing. Nothing was on my radar. No. It was like the awards of the day before I saw, I saw two plays from the pro bowl on the, um, not the game. I saw the, uh, the pro bowl, uh, the little games that they play before yes. the, the, the precision passing and stuff. And, I watched like a second of that and I was like, just, I could not get interested in it. And I was so excited that I'm not really focusing on the draft yet. I'm not really focusing on free agency. Who's coming free. Not even, wasn't even worried about that. We still had a game to play. And that was an amazing feeling in the first time. And now the days after the Super Bowl, now it, like last year, it was painful, but watching NFL network or anything like that, every time you turned it on, you took a chance that you were going to have to see pieces of the Super Bowl again. And our team not being in it. And I was like, told myself, you know, Danilo, just be positive. Garner whatever, you know, stuff you can to talk about the games from this experience. And understand that, you know what, if your team had won, you'd love the fact that every time you turn it on, they're rebroadcasting the game over. I've seen the game like three times, four times now. Me too. I've seen the hour-long version. The hour-long version is great. It is The hour-long version is so quick, it doesn't even give you a chance to get worried that they might not come back because it's so fast. Oh, That said, did it not feel like to you that the first three quarters went by in a heartbeat? It did. It absolutely did. I could not believe how fast everything was playing out. And I... 
was a little bit worried, <laughs> not going to lie. It made me yeah. a little bit nervous sitting there watching with all these Chiefs fans around me. I was a little bit nervous, but those first three quarters went so quickly. I'm like, wait a minute. We still need some time. I didn't realize that we only needed seven yeah. minutes, but we just needed a little <laughs> bit of time. Right. <laughs> It's like, I know we're quick and we come back fast, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going back to the Texans game. I'm like, how long did it take us to, no, no, we can score 20. Okay, we're good. We're good. We can score <laughs> seven, eight minutes. Okay, we're good. We're fine. And then once they scored the first touchdown, well, their second of the game, but the first one of the comeback, the energy that they exuded and the way they react, I'm like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong now. It's going to get crazy <laughs> this, this oh. place. And that part of that, the game going by so quickly Kudos go to uh, Bill Benovich and his crew. They're getting slagged by some 49er fans because they're frustrated that they didn't get this call or that call. Right. Until the last penalty of the game, which was offsides on Emmanuel Sanders, which you got to call it. You see a wide receiver jump before the ball snapped. You got to call it. They'd only called four penalties on each team. Yes. For every play where they can say, well, look where this guy touched Jimmy's face mask. I can show you two where they hit Patrick right in the face, tried to grab him as he ran by. Patrick tried to call for a penalty. And I, as a fan and a former player watching that, didn't yell at the TV and go, give us that call. I went, let it go, Patrick. They're not going to give you It's the yes. Super Bowl. They're not going to give you that one. It's too ticky-tack. If you didn't do something egregious, the George Kittle uh, offensive pass interference, they didn't flag. He pushed twice. They didn't flag him on the first push. But the second time he pushed Sorensen and locked his arm out, you got to call that. You can't. Right. You're, you're creating a hugely unfair advantage on the defender by shoving him out of the play, essentially. And you're not allowed to do that. It's in the rules, and it's, sorry. That would have been, what, three points? People say that's the turning point of the game. People say um, Sanders um, being overthrown by Jimmy Garoppolo late in the game. There was a minute and a half left on the clock. Yeah, that wasn't it. You're going to go up by three, (laughs) and you think we're done? You don't think Patrick (laughs) Mahomes had another touchdown? You just would have made the end that much more exciting and more like, wow, they came back with a minute and a half to go. There's no doubt in my military mind that Patrick would have marched us down the field and we would have scored another touchdown. It would have been closer. It would have been a little more dramatic right at the finish. But, I mean, that was I think that run by uh, Damian Williams was about as dramatic as any 49ers fan could handle. That was just that had to be a gut punch because they're just like, if we could just stop them here, stuff them on a (laughs) couple-yard gain on the first run, and then the second run, 30-plus yards on a touchdown. And it was nice to see us show – Hey, you know what? When we want to run the football, and we actually put Anthony Sherman in the game, yes. and he seals out Quan Seal Alexander and shoves him. <laughs> he shoves him into Fred Warner, and Damien goes, "Oh, by the way, I'm fast too." Yes. Jimmy Ward was ten yards down the field from him. He had no angle. He's a fast DB. He had no chance because Williams is way faster than people give him credit for. It was such. It, it, that was awesome. And, and just that specific play, you know, it's like Sherman's like, hey, hey, bro, just follow me. I got this. Let me yeah. clean up the sides for you here. It was so amazing to watch them do that. And big kudos to Damien just, you know, in Miami where, you know, his career previously, this was just such a great way for yep. him to show his heart and his passion and everything that he still had left to contribute. It was phenomenal. I mentioned that before I talked to you. I asked Joe, I said, you remember where he came from, where we got yeah. him from? Miami. And to win the Super Bowl in the stadium he used to play at, where he was brought into the league, That's, that had to be something, some kind of special for him. And I went back and I was looking at some of the plays again between that interview and this interview while I was having my lunch, <laughs> trying to find some time to get some food. They showed that play. They were showing that on Good Morning Football. They were showing the uh, 
the little spin around play, the Backstreet Boys shuffle play that yeah. they did. Oh my gosh. You know what's something that was great? And as great as it, it was, was the, the thing nobody's talking about, when you get a chance, watch the end zone view of that play again. That snap was not good. Ooh. Damian Williams saved that. That snap was like a pitch way outside. He made like a like a baseball MLB catcher reached out and snagged that ball. If that's a direct snap to his stomach, he's in the house. He goes straight in. I'm like, why didn't he get to the line quicker? Because he had to save the snap. That snap. And that's getting missed. People aren't noticing that. He was quietly great that whole game. The first scoring drive we had, he grabbed four first downs for us. We They were saying at halftime, well, we only were one of six on third down. Because we kept getting second and one, second and half a yard, second and three yards. And Damien kept completing those and converting those into first downs. That dude just balled out for us. And were it not for the fact, and Joe and I talked about this as well, were it not for the fact that that last seven minutes, for everything that Damien did, if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes right. at center, under center, there's no, we weren't getting in that position to win that football. It wasn't a, the debates going on, 49ers, did the 49ers blew it or did the Chiefs win? <laughs> the 49ers didn't blow it because blowing it intimates there was like one play made on a blown coverage and it was like a close-knit game. It was three plays, three touchdowns rather, three drives in less than eight minutes. Okay, basically seven minutes, 21 points were put on the board. No, you got your lunch taken away from you. You were already, you had your sauce on there. You were sharpening your knife and fork together. You are all ready to go. Then you lifted the fork to poke it, and somebody just pulled the plate out from under, and you, you're left there going, we were celebrating too soon. Oh, yes. We thought we had oh, this. Oh, yes. Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa was, after that second interception, he was talking trash to Eric. I want to see the NFL films. I want to see the. I want to hear the sound on that because I want to hear what he was saying to Fisher. Because I'm pretty sure it's not for children's ears. Whatever he was saying, and it was a very derogatory. Uh, you ain't got it, bro, or something like with some little expletives around it. And I'm just like looking at. I remember looking at him, going, "Are you nuts? Do you think this game's over? There's 12 minutes left." Well, they did think it was over because they took that photo at 11 minutes and 57 seconds to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and then this happened. Oh. And if you ask anybody in 49ers Nation, I guarantee you, uh, we're going to we're gonna start the game with uh, 12 minutes to go. We're going to say it's 20 to 10 for you guys, and you just picked off Mahomes. You guys want to do that, or you want to play the whole game? They would have been like, no, we'll take that. We'll take that 10-point lead, and we get the ball off a pick. Great. Not enough. No, not enough at all. And I think that it's been our team has been able to demonstrate that again and again and again in the playoffs here in the postseason here. And it's been crazy. Like it, the faith that our team has given to us, that there is nothing that we can over that there, there isn't anything that we can't overcome. Yeah. And it's just tremendous. And just going back to um, some of the things, you know, us being down, us seeming a little bit off and not quite all the way in that cohesiveness yet, and then just when they were spanning, panning to Tyron on the sides, you know, getting his defense, everybody fired up. Yeah. That extreme passion and leadership that he was showing on the sidelines, you know, some people were talking about how, man, maybe that was a little too much. But you think about it, this is not your normal work environment. No. This is football. This is NFL. This is a Super Bowl, you know. So this is what they've been working the past seven months towards and for. Yeah. So there was just so many things surrounding this that – that this comeback was quite incredible. Well, that 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 moment you mentioned, where he was barking at the guys, and not in his usual, let's we got this upbeat kind of it looked like he was grilling some dudes. 
and it was like, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? Um, Marcellus Wiley pointed something out on Speak for Yourself, and I spoke earlier to Ryan Tracy from RGR Football, and the two things that we, we discussed were, A, when a player like that explodes that way, and it's not his normal way, everybody snaps too and goes, oh, yes, you know what? He's putting the accountability pin on us and going, you guys aren't doing enough. You're not being yourselves. You're not playing loose. You're not flying around. You're not getting the job done. We are better than this. Let's go. Every man, including myself, let's go. He's saying, like, this is not. He goes, I like he's running around this show. The NFL films, he's like, oh, we're not. T- I like this. I like this. This is the kind of thing I like. I'm just like, wow. Okay, he's ready to snap. He's ready to go <laughs> nuts on somebody. This is great. And Marcellus Wally pointed out, yeah, you don't see that from him all that often. That's not the normal way he leads, but he did that. Guess how many points the 49ers scored after that tirade? Donut. Zero. Exactly. Nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback rating, everything went in the tank after that play. I think a lot of that was because I think that their their pass rushers had been trying so hard and pressing so hard all game, and their O-line had been clutching and grabbing and doing everything they could all game. I think they got tired. And I think the Chiefs just kept chopping wood. They're just like, we'll get there. Just keep chopping wood. We'll get to them. We had one sack that game, and it was the in-the-grasp grab by Frank Clark, third game in a row in the playoffs where he ends another team's chances by getting a hold of the quarterback. Yes. They had another drive after that where they threw a pick, but they were already down by a bunch. It just was it was over. Right. Frank basically ended it on that fourth down, grabbing Three up Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm just You'll like, love to see it. That's, who does that in the playoffs? Three games in a row. One guy like that's Frank Clark is worth every penny they gave him. People make crazy money in that level, and not many people do what he did, and that was amazing. And the one thing I noticed too is thinking about it, they got Nick Bosa, they've got D Ford. Okay, well we've got Frank Clark, we've got Terrell Suggs, we've got some. They don't have a Derek Naughty and a Chris Jones in the middle. They've got good defensive line guys. They do not have a Chris Jones. Chris Jones was playing ping pong with that football with his hand. He kept he knocking really that was. ball down, knocking that ball down, <laughs> knocking that. And that gets inside a quarterback's head, too, is I can't get the ball past this guy. He's like a wall. Like, it's just his hands everywhere, knocking the ball down. It was phenomenal fun to watch. It was, how, was, how was it being down there? You were in Miami. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, I was in the vicinity. And, y'all, I was coming from a business conference in Tampa, so I could not be that close to Miami and not be at least watch the game in Miami. And so what I actually did was – I drove around the stadium earlier that day. Uh It was early enough that the crowd wasn't, the traffic around the stadium wasn't too crazy yet. It was getting pretty thick though. Um, And so I just to feel the energy, I wanted in so badly. But of course, you know, I I need one of my kidneys. (laughs) Tickets um, are only $87,000. Right. I was holding out hope that, you know, at game time, maybe, maybe I'd be able to get one at game time. But no, I decided that I'm just going to, We'll watch from the beach. So the 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 bar was filled. Sure. I counted perhaps a handful of 49ers fans, but everything was Chiefs, and it was absolutely incredible. Awesome. The energy, the fire, the passion, the excitement. It was phenomenal to be able to watch in that setting. And you could – the energy of the crowd went with the game, of course, but just – the way the last six minutes played out and the way the crowd and the intensity, the fire of everybody right. in that bar, it was insanity. It was absolute insanity. Ugh. Like, I, I know that. I can only imagine. I, I, 
I tweeted this. I'm like, I know that in the background of like some people's pictures and videos, there's this girl, me, yeah. ugly crying in <laughs> the background of people's pictures and videos. Who's that pretty bawling girl? Like, Why is she bawling? What's the matter with her? Why is she so sad? <laughs> yeah, she's happy. I wasn't the she's only not one. sad. She's happy. <laughs> like these are my happy tears, but it was just surreal. It was incredible. And what a way. I just, it was incredible to share that experience with so many Chiefs fans around. And it just, I cannot, It it's a feeling that I will never lose. I will never lose. And I hope that this feeling happens again. It probably won't happen in this magnitude, to this magnitude, in this capacity, because of how much time it took between the last one. Yeah, and this no, one, this, is, this is a different... Oh, yeah. man, you're killing yeah. me. I wanted to be there so oh, bad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I don't know that I got to tell you because, you know, we got to talk. You caught yeah. me as I was heading out of a few different locations celebrating yeah. after the fact um, on the phone. But I, on my way to the airport, I actually was like, well, the stadium's right there. I'm sure security is not going to be as crazy right now because it's like two in the morning. Right. <laughs> So I actually went back and went around the stadium and just took in the quieter lights yeah. and the surroundings, the atmosphere, and really just looked at it yep. and just had to re I had to just remind myself that our team just did this right here. Like you're on like these you're grounds. like Clark Griswold at the end of Christmas vacation watching <laughs> Santa and the reindeer explode <laughs> off into the air going, We did it. We did it. That it's was real. me. Yeah. <laughs> I could see, I could be right, I could see it. Oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. This this season, I mean, I was thinking about it, I was like, what's a good analogy for this season? You know what this season was? This season and the Super Bowl itself were a Bruce Lee movie. Oh, wow. Okay? They took a beating off and on and had some victories throughout. They lost some people closest to them. Like they're, they're, they lost their people like Alex Okafor and, and Emmanuel Ogba. Guys went down with injuries. They lost two running backs. The, you know, Bruce Lee character, Patrick Mahomes got his knee all jacked up and you're like, Oh, it looks yes. dark for our hero. And then his friends come to the forefront and they hold the enemy off, hold him at bay till he can get back strong again. And Damian Williams comes back strong again. And then you get to the final battle and the, the hero's getting whooped. For like a lot of that final battle, he's like gets a couple shots in early, and then they get whooped again, and then we get all the way to the fourth quarter, and then you see a little bit of the blood dripping down from the chief's chin, and they just wipe their <laughs> chin, and they go Ooh, make that cat noise, and that was it. <laughs> yes. And then they spend the rest of the movie whooping the bad guy's butt. It was awesome. Ooh. It was awesome. So that's a really good analogy. Translation: The Chiefs are Bruce Lee. <laughs> just if anybody was unclear on that, <laughs> this Chiefs team is Bruce Lee. Bring it on. Okay. What a season. Oh my gosh. What Just a season. Phenomenal. I enjoyed the game immensely. I listened to the last quarter with headphones in, playing Def Leppard Ramble On because I couldn't stand to listen to the commentation anymore and listen to like people's analogies in the commercials. I'm like, oh, love you commercials, but please, there's a game to play. I just yes. listened to those that that music and it was like it was like the offense and defense were Frankenstein rising from the dead and just tore the town up for the last quarter. I was like, this is awesome. We are we have this kind of team that can do this kind of thing in the playoffs, not once, not twice, but three times in a row, including the Super Bowl. That's insane. And they're going to make draft picks. And they're going to sign free agents and possibly get better. They're going to get guys back healthy. They're going to get Ogba and Oak for back. These guys aren't super expensive. They're going to re-sign 
Chris Jones because that's just you don't not do that. They're going to sign Patrick to a bunch of money, but they can work the cap to make sure it doesn't cripple the team. You know, maybe Sammy takes a pay cut. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Maybe Demarcus Robinson turns his highlight reel and his Super Bowl ring into a huge contract somewhere else like Chris Conley did with the Jaguars. There's so many receivers coming out in this draft. So many great receivers. This is like the best receiver draft in maybe ever. So there's plenty of guys to lock and load, plus the guys we already have, the Jody Forts and the Byron Pringle, the guy, you know, Marcus Kemp, who I thought could have made the roster if he didn't get hurt this past year. All these guys have rings now. All these guys are one year older, and they all know they can do it. They can win it all. There's nobody that can say, yeah, but, about the Chiefs anymore, because newsflash, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions once again. It took 50 years, but here we are. Uh, any last thoughts on your on your feelings going into this offseason, Hong? I just want to say, as you were talking about how this is the best receiving class that's coming up here in the draft, that it is mm-hmm. February 6th. The day that we're recording this is February 6th. And that yeah. this, is pro- this is probably one of my first mentions of the draft. <laughs> Who's yeah. coming? What's coming? Yeah. Free agency. And I have a love-hate relationship with free agency. But I love the fact that it's February 6th. And now I'm starting to kind of turn and get ready for that phase of football. And I love it. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. love it. Let's the do this again. The fact that it hasn't again. been on the radar. Yes. It hasn't been on the radar yes. until now. It's like... I was like, I was noticing too before the game, like the day before the game, they were talking about this and that, and they were saying, oh, the setting out the schedule. And I was like, oh, wow, the combine's the 24th? Like, yeah. <laughs> the season comes really fast if you make it all the way to the Super it Bowl. Sure it's does. Like, it doesn't feel like forever between your last game and the Super Bowl because it's not an extra four weeks or three weeks or five weeks, whatever it is. You, you have this narrow gap, and then it's right into the combine. It's right into free agency. It's... The draft's coming around my birthday like it does every year, which is awesome. Awesome. I love that. And it's I love like the, this. It's like the gift yes. that keeps on giving. Yes, I love this short window <laughs> of our off-season. <laughs> yeah, the draft is my fruit of the month club. It's the gift of the gift of the year club that I get around my birthday every year. Better than $10 off a stake. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking forward to the off-season. I'm looking forward to chatting more. Um, I know our group is doing, I think, one show a month. For the off season, which isn't enough for me. I'm a football addict. I'm a football junkie. I will be doing more shows. I will be recording more things. Hope to have you on again during the off season a few times and we can talk about where things are going and where you think they should go and what kind of players we should be looking at. I do know that Chiefs Kingdom's on notice right now. We have a running back. In case you forgot after last year, after how well and commendably Damian Williams stepped in when the whole Kareem Hunt thing went down. He and Ware carried the ball really well, and then he carried it himself when Spencer got hurt. So glad Spencer got to come back and get his ring with us. Yes. So happy for for Keith Reeser, who was a chief, got injured, got cut, went to that other football league, played phenomenally enough to get signed again by the Chiefs, tragically gets injured again, but goes on IR, and now he's got a ring because of what he did in another league. Hey, players in the XFL this season, you're playing for a Super Bowl ring, whether you realize it or not. Your agents, everybody that supports you and loves you is telling you this could mean much more. Proof positive right there. It can absolutely mean a lot more because Keith Reeser didn't play one down in the regular season with Kansas City, and he's going to be walking home with it. I guarantee you he wished he got to play more in the season and stuff like that, but it do, it counts. There's no that doesn't count because it counts. 
he's a Super Bowl champion. That's what you guys play for your whole life. And sometimes you don't get to be the star on the bright stage. But your ring isn't any less shiny. It isn't any less valuable. And it's not any less valid. He's a champion. Chiefs Kingdom, you're all champions. And with that, we'd like to thank Hong Forrest, Ryan Tracy, Joe Valerio, and all of our special guests this season, J.J. Burden, Talon Graff, among a few others. It's been a great year. We've come all the way through it. We were the last team standing. That just about does it here. Chiefs Kingdom, this is the final Red Friday roundtable of the 2019-2020 postseason. You are not dreaming. This is not a test. It's real. Our Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Congratulations and happy offseason, Chiefs Kingdom. I'll talk to you soon. Champ. In the NFL, because so many people focus on the league and the game, especially quarterbacks, no matter what happens, you have a thousand things on why you're no good and why you can't do it. Everyone lists them. Oh, he can't win the big game. Oh, he can't win the champ. Oh, he can't uh, lead a team in two minutes. Oh, he can't. It's like the nature of the game, the cynics win the day most of the time. So you end up responding to it because it's the nature of who you are as an athlete. You say, I can't do it. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to use that as incentive to actually go achieve something. Yeah, I have inner strength to go to achieve it. But you know what? You're adding me a little bit more salt. All right. I want more because you're. T- and who are you? Well, it's, it's a guy that wrote something. It's a guy in the street. It's a guy on the radio. It's a guy, you know, it's your Uncle Bill that's a, that's a, been a longtime cowboy fan. Just sick, you're sick of hearing from him. You know, it's just, it's everybody. It's, they is everyone who kind of loves sports, and sports is about kind of putting challenges out there for things that you can't do. And then you go knock them down. Well, what's the next mountain I'm climbing? What's the next thing you do? And so suddenly you have the Super Bowl trophy in your hand. They, what are they going to say? What are you going to do? I'm a Super Bowl champion. Just sit down and relax because you're going to take a day off. Tomorrow, there's nothing going to be said. Now, the day after tomorrow, you can say that he can't repeat. He can't uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. But today, this is it. No more. You know what? I get I get 24 hours of quiet. And today, you need to sit down. next contributor hey philly you don't even have the best kelsey we got it the best tight end in the national football league you ready for this travis kelsey can you dig it I just want to say I love y'all. I love this. Fu- I love this team. Woo! I'm wearing about half the beers I've been trying to drink, baby. It's been a long time coming. Cause what did we do? We had to fight for our right to party. I don't know if you see this belt, but man, this belt got something on it. It's got the heavyweight champions of the world, baby. The heavyweight champions of the world. That memorial up there, I see everybody up there in that memorial. Don't nobody know we represent and honor every single veteran that went to war for us in World War One. What's good? What's good right here in the heart of America? Right here in the heart of America. 
21 years. Well, how about that? I'm gonna walk this wall. How about 21 years? Y'all know what that means? Everybody here is thinking, oh, that's when I can, you know what I mean? Legally get a drink, yeah. No, 21 years. That's how, that's how long it's just been turning for my guy Andy Reid. Mm, it's just been turning and turning and turning. And what we do, what we do, we unleash a can of whoop ass on everybody. 24 nothing. I ain't trying to hear it. Shouting. I ain't trying to hear it. Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down 10. We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! How about Damian Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5-5, five, five, and he ain't on sides, motherfucking Frank Clark! What's good? This is the most beautiful scene I've ever witnessed in my life. I love this city to death. I promise you, from here to the end, I cherish every moment with y'all. And I promise you, everybody here feels the exact same way. I talked to El Presidente, Mark Donovan. He made sure he was okay with the, the run. I mean, the Clark family, everybody involved. Because of this season, because of y'all. Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is going to end with the anthem. And y'all gotta help me say it right here, one last time for 2019, 2020 world champions. You gotta fight for your right to fight. Believe it, I love y'all. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at The Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.